I'll snipe and I miss videos still so much I would want in my own home. Packed with VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching in a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-host, Kira Jade Offens, and Brody McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. This is Wicked Video. business what, what do you think was going to happen before old business uh, normally say let's do a podcast yeah <laughs> oh yeah let's do a podcast now. okay okay <laughs> yeah you kind of lean into it my old business is that i uh i didn't get to the homework club last yeah week. there was no homework oh yeah. yeah i i had selected two movies on a theme and then i was searching for a third movie and i couldn't find a third movie or couldn't figure out a third movie and then it was Wednesday <laughs> the episode was meant to come out Tuesday <laughs> and I was like mm, no I could still figure this out and then I got, bu- and then I got busy at work yeah and then happens. it was Friday and then I was like oh well next episode comes out Tuesday <laughs> so old businesses apologies well, no, I'm not sorry about it. Are you still, are you still looking for a third movie for I that I am list? still looking for a third movie for that for that homework club. So and hopefully I'll figure it out between yeah, now cool. and, and, and next week. I'm definitely looking forward to the next homework club then to find out what the third movie is. I do love it. It's just like a nice little short story time, really. With I do appreciate short story it. with Cam? Yeah. I'll just rant for 10 yeah, minutes? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. That's <laughs> what this podcast would be if you two weren't on it. Well, just honestly. yelling. Like, how many times have we just had a chat and I'm like, hey, I have a question, and then it's like... 15 minutes later, I'm like, okay, I have another question. <laughs> True. We should move on to new business. I have a lot of notes for this episode. I heard. <laughs> new business. This week, as it says on the box, it's the biggest and best yet. The son of 100 maniacs is back. We are talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, the Dream Master from 1988. There's a saying they have on Elm Street. One good nightmare deserves another. And you thought the nightmare was over. Well, dream on. A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. The Dream Master. Finally, someone's ready for Freddy. Biggest and best yet. It does on the back of the box. Oh yeah, it does too. <laughs> the craft in this was amazing. Okay, I loved a lot of it. Will say, had Freddy fatigue. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, and I don't know whether it's because we've watched four in a row, or it's because maybe this movie isn't as good as the others. So I'm, I'm a little like I want to hear what you guys have to say. I about mean, it. it is coming after the best one. That's so that's always yeah. going to make it a bit harder. Like, it, it, I feel like it wasn't as good as Dream Warriors, you for think, sure. You think three is the best one? Yes. Okay. For for the moment, I think it's my highlight, yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than, like, obviously there's the first one, but... Yeah, the first one... Dream Warriors! Yeah. <laughs> I think the first one almost stands separate, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. It's hard when you, when you love a series, yeah. right, to ever say anything other than the first one is the best one because the rest don't exist without the first, without exactly. the first one, right? Yeah. So you can't almost separate it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I think about it in my head anyway. Yeah. So after the success of Dream Warriors, Sarah Risho, who produced her at New Line, executive at New Line, once again went to Wes Craven and said, 
She got a pitch for four. <laughs> West pitched time travel. <laughs> 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 Fuck yeah. New line passed. Mm, I they thought it was did, too weird. Did he pitch it wanting them to pass? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think Freddy Krueger time travel would be a good idea. <laughs> I mean, if no. you're going to like the fourth of a series, you've done two out of them and it's just like, well, I'm just going to go fucking hell for leather and throw something wild at the wall. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So they ended up taking pictures from lots of different screenwriters and then they settled on the Dream Master idea by William Kotzwinkel. He was a novelist, and this is pretty much his only film credit. He wrote a first draft that nobody was happy with, um, but he still gets credit because he wrote the first version of it, and it was his and it was his idea. It gives a story by credit, right. right? Right. So he did the skeleton kind of. He wrote. He came up with the idea, yeah. the concepts, right? Sure. And he, there might even be scenes that he came up with that are in the finished movie, but his script was rewritten. Yeah. More than once. Michael DeLuca enters the frame. Probably don't know who Michael DeLuca is. Yeah. Have we heard that name? No, we haven't heard it before, but he would later become a writer, producer, and executive at New Line, overseeing New Line's late 90s run of movies like Seven, Boogie Nights, Austin Powers, Blade. I think I've heard of this guy. Uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He yeah. started, he's one of those other. Uh, New Line internal success stories. He started as a story editor and then very quickly moved his way up the ladder to become like in charge of physical production. He is now in charge, one of the guy, people that is in charge of Warner Brothers Discovery. How sick would it be if the industry was still like that? Yeah, like New Line's a little bit different though. New Line's different because it's not a major studio. It's a, it's a mini studio and then therefore you, there's more opportunity because they just need people. Yeah. And so if you're even slightly competent, you will rise up the ladder because it's a smaller organization. Are they still comparatively small? They don't really exist. They, they merged into Warner, into Warner Brothers. Oh, right. So Warner okay. Brothers bought them and then they, they acted as an independent arm of Warner Brothers for a very long time through yeah, most of the 90s. Right. That's the Lord of the Rings era. Yeah. And then into the 2000s, they were eventually just merged inside to Warner Brothers. So New Line kind of doesn't really exist anymore. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Michael DeLuca wanted to use a young guy named Brian Helgeland to write the script based on having read a previous script of his. Helgeland ended up turning it down. He okay. didn't want to do it. Did he do anything else? New Line had already, I'll get, come back to it. Okay. New Line had already announced a release date because we're striking with We just made a fuck ton of money. Let's make more money. Yeah. Let's get another movie out as quickly as possible. Again, we go from a movie coming out almost a, like just over a year after the previous one came out. Mm, I feel like that's felt in the movie. Yeah. So they had no script and they had no, had no director, but they had a release date. So DeLuca ended up begging Helgeland. That's he, never a good plan. No, no, no. Right? He took the job rewriting the existing screenplay in nine days. Yeah. Rush jobs, like I get it that they want to make the money, but like, don't they learn? Like, that's yep. why the second one didn't go as good. What's weird to me is I feel like it's nicely paced at the start, a little bit slow, and then it's nicely paced at the end. But the middle, it's just like, what middle? <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll talk about okay, why. Okay. So uh, I'm a, actually a big Brian Helgeland fan. He ended up write, co-writing the screenplay for LA Confidential with ah. Curtis Hansen based on the James Elroy novel. And I'm a massive James Elroy oh, yeah, fan. And I love that, love that movie as well. And then he would go on to direct, write and direct A Knight's Tale. Oh, hey. yeah. He also made Payback. Love with, that movie. It's such a good movie. It's yeah, a good so time. Good. He also made Payback with Mel Gibson, but the movie was taken away from him. Ah. Um, and, and a couple of other things. He made the Jackie Robinson movie 42 a couple of years ago. And mm. he, still, he still works as a screenwriter and a director. So, yeah, mad. Yeah. After Helgeland had done a pass, they brought in Jim and Ken Wheat, a pair of brothers, to polish the script. They were coming off having just written and directed 
Ewoks, the Battle of Endor. <laughs> I don't. Can I ask, like in the script writing kind of field, is there those people that you would like, their career is basically like writing a script and then there's those script writers that are basically like, Really good editors. Yes, there are script doctors right. and a lot of screenwriters. Script doctor, yeah, that's an that. awesome title. Of, it, so you can have an entire career as a script doctor. You just come in and solve problems. You just come in and do a pass that punches up the dialogue. You come in and sort out a. They're having we're having problems in our middle act. You just come and rewrite the middle the middle act. Yeah, okay. and lots of famous writer directors in their early career took jobs as. Script doctors, so they are not even. I feel like credited. the writers would have a good idea of Tarantino. A famously, doctor. did a pass on Crimson Tide, the Tony Scott submarine submarine movie, yeah. which is why there's all that fucking comic book debate stuff about Silver Surfer in that movie. Well, I said that the Kirby Silver Surfer was the only real Silver Surfer, and that the Mobius Silver Surfer was shit. And Benefield's a big Mobius fan, and things got out of hand. I pushed him, he pushed me. I lost my head, sir. I'm sorry. Rivetti, you're a supervisor. You can get a commission like that. I know it, sir. You're 100% right. It's never happened again. It right? better not happen again. I see this kind of nonsense. I'm going to write you up. You understand? Do you understand? Yes, sir. You have to set an example, even in the face of stupidity. Now, everybody that reads comic books knows that Kirby Silver Surfer is the only true Silver Surfer. Now, am I right or wrong? <laughs> you're right, sir. All right. Get out of here. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. It's all just Tarantino dialogue. And he's not credited. He's not credited. He just did a pass because Tony Scott had just had just directed or was about to direct True Romance based on yeah. his screenplay and then brought him in to do to do a pass on to punch up some dialogue and write some jokes. That'd be sick. So you they come be, in, get paid, don't get credited. You mm-hmm. would be a good script doctor. You think? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I reckon your scripts are pretty good. I, I feel I like I'd ob- be a good script obviously doctor. Obviously, Keen would be a good script writer. But yeah. like- <laughs> That's true. That's true. Because I, I was just thinking like- Yeah, I, mean, I know how to, to analyze something and-, and, and find the find fix. The, the find floor, a fix, yeah. yeah. It's something that I've worked on quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I do a lot of rewriting for for people that are not professional writers. He, he'd also make a good wrestling booker. <laughs> <laughs> for the same reason. For yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wrestling booking because the storyline. Oh, yeah. You yeah. are good at finding like an arc. Yeah. I never do that. Yeah. <laughs> so aside from the Battle of Endor, they also wrote The Fly 2. Okay. And, right. and the original screenplay for Pitch Black that was then oh, rewritten shit. by David Toohey. And, I fucking and, love and, Pitch and, Black. Yeah, I'm actually not a fan of that movie. Yeah? I'm not a fan of those movies at all. But I, I have respect for them, but I'm yeah. not. I, but every time I put it on, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not for me. Yeah, I haven't rewatched it in like a decade. <laughs> yeah. I haven't particularly interested in the first one because it was shot in Australia. Shot Cooper, was it? Shot Cooper Petey in South I Australia. I didn't know that. Yeah. So now they have a script. They need a director, except the script is still pretty bad. And they're running out of time. Oh, and by the way, there's a writer's strike. Hey, of course it is. Which explains the state of this movie. Yeah. Uh. So... They offered the movie to Tom McLaughlin. He was just coming off having directed Friday 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, the best Friday movie. But he wanted creative control of the movie. And they couldn't offer him creative control because they had already started shooting. Yeah, right. Wait. Yes. <laughs> I just said yes to that. Like, it yeah, was they, a fact. They'd already started shooting. They started they shooting without a, a, without, without a director. They had a script. It just they, wasn't they good. Just didn't, they just didn't have a director. Had- what did they shoot? Well, they were so behind the gun for the release date that they started shooting special effects stuff. They started okay. shooting the makeup effects and the special effects for the sequences that were in the screenplay. That's so stupid. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So where were they going to find a director? Well, there was this massive Finnish guy hanging out in their lobby. <laughs> <laughs> what? No joke. They hired Rennie Harlan because he was there. Why was he in the lobby? Now, 
He had made two movies in Finland. He'd made a movie called Prison, which has quite a lot of special effects in it, a low-budget movie with special effects, uh, and a movie called Born American. Uh, and he had come to America to to continue his film career, having made two successful movies in, in Finland. He made a Finland uh, Finnish movie... Called Born, Ameri- Born American. <laughs> okay, cool. Born American, I think, is what a movie was called. I've never seen it. I don't know much about it, and I didn't look it up. Anyway. No worries. But, so he was running out of money. He'd been in America for, like, two or three years, hadn't been able to book a, book a directing gig, living off, like, hot dogs and... <laughs> Um, I kind of wish I did that in my anyway, life. And basically, he just kept doorstopping Bob Shea in the lobby of the New Line offices for a job. That's bad. He'd come in and had an interview. He'd come in as like and, and had a general meeting, which is where you just come in and introduce, you meet everybody yeah. and they talk about, well, these are some of the projects we've got going. Do any of them interest you that you might fit with? Have you got any ideas? So he had a general meeting where he basically just weirded Bob Shea out because he was like this gigantic Finnish man. <laughs> uh, right? And then... And then and then he just didn't go away. Just hung out. And then they gave him the job. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was like a standover at one point. It's like, hey, Bob Shea, what do you got going on? They hired the Finnish man that was hanging out in their lobby. Rachel Talley watch. She produced this movie. Hey. So she has moved to producer. She and Harlan both felt like at this point, Freddie was the absolute star of the franchise and there was almost no point trying to keep him scary. The idea was that Harlan thought he to was show like, him. Thought he was like a James Bond figure at this point. No. He was kind of like He's still meant to be scary. So, I'm so confused by this. Yeah. What do you mean you can what are you confused? Like how how is he a James Bond figure? Do you mean in like in in celebrity? Yes. Right. In like, okay. Yeah. That's how Harlan thought of it. Harlan's also Finnish and quite weird. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, no. I, I'm going to have to apologise to all of Finland next week, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I, it's okay, I, I love get Finland. It. So, yeah, Holland, Santa lives there. Harlan had wild ideas, right? That was the benefit of him coming in, is, is that he did have crazy ideas. And I joke about him being in the right place at the right time, but I actually love more than a couple of Rennie Harlan movies. Like, Rennie Harlan yeah. is a. Is, is kind of fantastic. He also makes some absolute fucking trash. Right? <laughs> After this movie, he booked Die Hard 2. Okay. Is people, not the best. People don't like it, but that movie's so solid and that movie continues really? to grow. It, it, I think there is an expectation after Die Hard for the next movie to be as good as Die Hard, right? And it is not as good as Die Hard, but it is a solid as fuck action movie with a ton of crazy model work and practical effects and incredible stuff. It's not like it stunts. sucks, sucks, but you're right. Yeah. yeah. Compared it's to number one. Better, it's way better yeah. than, you, than you think it is. Yeah. I, I go to town for Die Hard 2. I, for years and years, I was like, nobody ever needs to watch Die Hard 2. You can just go from Die one Hard to, to Die Hard with a Vengeance. But over the past, like, probably 10 years, I've turned around on Die Hard 2. I just feel like there's no point watching Die Hard unless it's one or three. <laughs> That's fair. Cliffhanger? The oh, Stallone shit. movie. That movie, ah. that movie fucking rules. Yeah. Yep. Fuck, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Cutthroat Island, which is one of the greatest, most epic that. pirate you movies. You talk about, he's mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah. Right. Before. Kira's, no and way Kira's seen it. Yeah. Kira's seen it. Cutthroat it's, Island. Okay. It's at the, it's, so that movie bankrupted a studio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, nice. But, that's the story. That's the story, <laughs> right? But it is at the kind of, it's made in the late 90s. It's 1998. It, so it's, it's there's, there is digital effects in it. There's a lot of visual, visual effects, but there's also full scale boats. And fuck full yeah. scale models and full scale boats being blown up. Oh fuck, that would be expensive. Yep. Uh, the long kiss, good night. Oh my god. Which I know, I know that you're you're a fan of, right? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Both with Gina Davis. Yeah. He was married to Gina Davis. Hey. Oh, lucky man. Right. So 
Um, and then he made some very questionable movies. He made the uh, Andrew Dice Clay movie, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, the same <sighs> year as Die Hard 2, Deep Blue Sea. The, oh, uh, I the, fucking love that movie. Yeah, I wish I loved that movie. Yeah. I just can't do it. it just wait, wait, which one's Deep Blue Sea? Is that the one with the smart LL sharks. Cool. Yeah, it's got a little cool J. Yeah, yeah, mad. It's the Did one you where just they say smart shark. Yeah, yeah, a scientist. <laughs> yeah, so a scientist is trying to cure Alzheimer's, cure Alzheimer's yeah. by messing with stem cells in sharks' brains, and she accidentally creates super shark, super sh- smart sharks. Yeah, like not only are they massive, can, but they're they but think. they're intelligent. They think. Okay, now I'm just imagining like a shark being like a professor in yeah. mathematics. Yeah. With the, with the patches yeah. on the jacket and yeah. glasses, yeah. Uh, and a I, pipe underwater, but it's bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> Driven, the Sylvester Stallone indie car movie, which is nah. This guy did so many things. Yeah. Exorcist, the beginning. <laughs> is that that's the like movie? The that's remake? the movie. And no, no, no. Uh, it, no, it's a prequel. It's a prequel. It's a pre- by the way, it's a prequel so bad that Rennie Harlan's version is the second version of the movie Ooh. because another director had shot the entire movie. The studio looked at it, didn't like it, and then had Rennie Harlan remake the movie. Oh. <laughs> and then later they released both of them. Um, See, I love that they at least together or uh, no about about a year apart. Right. Yeah. I feel like they released kind of shitty movies back in the day where like these days it's just like if it's not good no it's finished but we're not going to release it well what it was is that it, the the version that got scrapped gained interest and nobody ever left uh, money on the table the boy witch lost boys rip off the covenant <laughs> oh you remember it's them? like the craft for boys it's well it's like it's the craft and lost boys yeah it's basically lost boys it is like a craft and lost boys it's like a dreamy essence to the way it's filmed yeah, it's not a bad it's not a ter- i mean it is a bad it's fucking movie, terrible but, but i it, love watching it i've watched it several yeah, times okay. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna keep moving the wwe uh wwe picture 12 rounds with john cena hey. and he's oh still making movies he, made, he um spent a few years in china uh, making movies as well. Next year, he has a trilogy of movies coming out. In one year? In one year. Three sequels to the movie The Strangers, the sh- which is a horror, home invasion horror movie. Shot oh, that at, is dope. Shot at the same time in Slovakia and produced by Courtney Solomon, who directed the Dungeons and Dragons movie from the year 2000. Hey. So still working. Still working. Wait, wait, wait. The cartoon one? No, the live action 2000 Dungeons and Dragons movie. Who's in that? Like Chris Pine one. No, that's that. That's 2000. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm confused. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Then. There is a Dungeons and Dragons movie from the turn of the century. Really? A live low budget one. with Thora Birch and Jeremy Irons. I have heard about this one. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. My bad. This is going to be the longest podcast. We know. We own that one. We own that one on VHS. Jody gave it to us. <laughs> we do. I, I just like the history of it. Anyway. Harlan says that his biggest influences in making Dream Master were there's kind of there's kind of three of them: Hong Kong action movies like The Killer and Hard Boiled, mm. John Woo movies. Okay. Yep. Mm. I would like to note that The Killer ends in a church, and so does this movie. Yeah. To me, that's a director taking an idea that he likes and then remixing it for his own for his own movie. A Chinese ghost story. Do you know a Chinese ghost story? No. The no. only way to describe Chinese ghost story is that it's Crouching Tiger Hidden. What if Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon was a horror movie? Duh. <laughs> right. Okay. So it's like wire work. Not to be confused with Chinese erotic ghost story, which is similar but different. I'm intrigued to see both now. <laughs> yes. The second one is horny. <laughs> MTV. Just this, in general? This is the MTV nightmare. He oh, is not right. a MTV music. is said a lot in this. Yes. Well, there's an ad for MTV in the movie. 
So although he is not a music video director, Rennie Harlan is clearly pulling from that medium. Uh, and, and another clue to MTV's influence on this movie is the soundtrack. So mm. last time around, we had one song. This time, the movie is wall-to-wall music. There is music in almost every single scene. Sure. Uh, there are over 20 songs on the soundtrack with three written specifically for this movie. I'll highlight a few of them as we go along. <laughs> and yeah, I own the soundtrack to this movie on vinyl and I play it all the time. <laughs> It's a good time. Does the soundtrack, when, like, what I want to know is if music, if songs are released for a movie, mm-hmm. does that, is that part of the soundtrack or is the soundtrack just That's part the, of the soundtrack? Okay, okay, okay. Or is it just score like is, the songs sc- included? Score is score. Yeah. So score is, or is music made specifically for the movie. Yeah. The soundtrack is the soundtrack. It doesn't okay. matter if a song was written for it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Have you, got, have you got all of them on vinyl? No, I only have four on vinyl. Oh, really? Well, there's, because there isn't really one for, Oh, they, I think there might be one for Dream Warriors. Starring not Patricia Arquette as Kristen Parker. Yeah, no. that's always very confusing when they change the actors. It took me like, I'm not going to lie, like 20 minutes. And to I was figure like, out. Wait, Wait a, a second. second. <laughs> <laughs> so Patricia Arquette famously did not get along with Chuck Russell during the third movie. And there's a lot of rumors about why she didn't return from scheduling, wanting to spend more time rollerblading. Uh, <laughs> Oh, Roller Boys. Yeah. Uh, wanting to be in other types of movies. And then Bob Shane just not wanting to pay her what she wanted yeah. for, the, for the sequel. So instead we get Tuesday Night as Kristen Yeah, Parker. I saw that name. That's yeah. a wild name. Yeah. So this is her first Especially movie. for back then. Yeah. Like yeah. that feels like something that someone Gotta would be a call a child name. It is, it is a stage name. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. It's a stage name because she was a singer uh, more than she was an actress. Right. Um, she has a song on the soundtrack. And we'll ah. talk about it when we get to it. And the rest of her acting credits are mostly smaller parts or bit parts in movies. This is really the only movie she ever she ever starred in, and she still makes music. Right. Lisa Wilcox as Alice Johnson. This is her second movie, but her first movie as a lead. Mm. I've always had like a massive crush on. Really? Yeah. So totally, Lisa Wilcox. Didn't, didn't vibe on that one today. Okay. She isn't in much else that we would talk about on the podcast, but she did play Missy in the short-lived live-action Bill and Ted. Hey. TV show from the 90s. Very cool. Boys, why aren't you in school? There is no school today. Totally a teacher's work day, Missy. But William, my program is on. The lives that we leave. The lives that we live. And right after my program, your father comes home for lunch. Why, it's practically the only quality time we get between the time he leaves work and the time he comes home for dinner. And by then, you come home from school and, well... I certainly don't remember this many teachers' work days when I went to school. A lot of things have changed in six months, Mrs. Preston. This year, she appeared on the reality show Milf Manor. Oh, no. Perfect. And I will proceed to read you the Wikipedia synopsis of Milf Manor because I just have to. Eight single women between 40 and 60 live in a villa in Mexico to pursue romantic relationships with eight single men a few decades younger. Yeah, have you guys watched this? In the first episode, the show reveals that the men are the women's sons. Oh my God. Have you watched this? <laughs> no, why would oh, I watch this? So good. Alice is in it. Which one? Oh, I'm going to have to. So what, all of these women just date each other's sons? Yes. Yeah, in front of each, their like mums and shit. It's so awkward. Why? It's so fucking awkward. And like a lot of it is so staged and you can tell like some of them are trying so hard. It. I can't believe you haven't heard of it. No. It's like being dissected on YouTube on a thousand don't. different videos. We don't we do not do that. We don't live in that world, man. Oh. We try to very much avoid that world, and that world is scary. Oh, <laughs> oh it's so good. It's uh, I have actually not watched a show, but I lived on YouTubers watching clips of that show and being yeah, like, this is so you, fucked. You only 
engage with content in a parasocial yeah. I'm a parasocial <laughs> man. It's <laughs> the fucking worst. So Lisa Wilcox beat out 600 other women that auditioned for this role. Holy and shit. And previously auditioned for Dream, for Dream Warriors. Harlan says that he was looking for a Sigourney Weaver. Okay. Really? Yeah, an Ellen Ripley type that could come out of the crowd and become a kick-ass leader, which is what she does in this movie. Oh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Okay. Um, fantasy director casting corner. I wish Rennie Harlan had made an alien movie. Oh, yeah. Rennie okay. Harlan would have been a great... Like, so I'd like in the 90s, if you go an alternate path after Aliens, you hire Rennie Harlan to make Alien, th- Alien 3. Like, mm-hmm. I don't w- not want Alien 3 to exist because they've been to rules. But, yeah. but Rennie Harlan have been making an Alien movie. Yeah, would like have been an interesting choice. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yep. Additional Sidetrack City. In the 90s, as I mentioned, Harlan was married to Gina Davis, who, if he had made an Alien movie, would have been a wonderful Amanda Ripley, Ripley's uh, daughter. Oh, yeah. Ah. If they had made, if they had gone down that path. Yeah, I can as see some that. of the other media, alien media has video games use Amanda Ripley and Robert Englund returning as Freddy Krueger. He was amazing. As yeah. he should. Englund talks about feeling pretty burnt out himself, having a lot of Freddy fatigue himself by the yeah. time that he made this fourth movie and that he started the movie in kind of a little bit of a funk. But then once he saw Rennie Harlan's dailies and saw the imagery that Harlan was putting on the screen, he was like, fuck yeah, okay, let's go. Yeah, there is some fucking spectacular looking things, yep. yeah. Did he get to do much stuff between Freddy's? Um, other bits and pieces. He um, he directed a movie. Uh, I've forgotten the name of. It's, uh, is it something... 967 Evil or something. He okay. was in the Fan with the Opera movie with Chuck, yeah, Chuck Russell right. directed. So he, yeah, he got to do other other things. But we think about the longevity of Nightmare on Elm Street. But as I said to you before, this series is over in 10 years. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, this is the fourth movie in four, in four years. Yeah. So it comes and goes real, really, really fast. Does he play Freddy in Freddy versus Jason? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool, his cool, final cool. final appearance as Freddy. Okay. Yeah. Which sucks. Um, <laughs> who's going to recap the premise of A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master? You or me? I can do it. Okay. You've done all of them, so I feel like I should. <laughs> Dream Master is about uh, Freddy Krueger and... Solid uh, so far. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a while, huh? And um, this time the main character takes on the attributes of the people Freddy kills. Okay, that's not the premise. That's a recap. But fine, fine. <laughs> okay, the blockbuster entertainment guide to movies and videos from the year 1998. Freddy emerges as a wisecracking anti-hero in this entry with haphazard script overcome by style. Title refers to Wilcox, he takes on the razor-gloved ghoul after he murders her brother and friends. Three stars. How is he an anti-hero? Because at this point, he's the lead of the movie. He's oh, a, he's, okay. Because you, love, because you love him. Yeah. He's an anti-hero because he's the bad guy and you love him. Yeah, I definitely wanted him to have more screen time. Well, he has so much screen time in this. Compared in this. to the others, yeah. Yeah, I almost wish that it was shot from Freddy's perspective, like him crafting <laughs> the dreams to like fuck up these kids. Yeah, just making plans. <laughs> yeah. okay. That would yeah. be a very strange movie. It would. Wouldn't it be sick though? Jenna Maslin of the New York Times <gasps> is played by Karen James <gasps> of the New York Times. In August of 1988, she wrote... The best job on Elm Street must be The Undertaker's. Business booms and is full of variety, thanks to endless deaths by special effects. Right? And builders, because shit gets fucked up. Oh, I, they're dreams. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
If this transformation of human beings into bugs brings Kafka to mind, don't give it another thought. <gasps> that is so true. Though the Elm Street series contains the most intelligent premise in its current in current genre films, none of the films take advantage of their potential. Freddy, in fact, has become a almost cuddly cult personality who has his own fan club. Instead, the films rely on ever more shocking special effects, a technique Elm Street 4 exploits so well it barely needs a plot at all. Mm. Freddy has little to say for himself here, although his usual wisecracks are overwhelmed by the film's visual busyness. Each Elm Street movie has a different director. Elm Street 4, which opens today, was done by young Finnish director Rennie Harlan, who has two abysmal films to his credit, The Macho Born American (laughs) and the recent horror movie Prison. That's rough. Mr. Harlan only has to keep things moving, which he does with a with which he does with restless camera work, swirling high above Freddy and his victims. Freddy, who says, I am eternal, seems to be a self-fulfilling prophecy, immune to directors and scripts. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. So I've savaged a little bit. Yeah, I, look, I can't disagree with some of it. I did, yeah, I mean, obviously there were issues with it, but like, yeah, I, visually... And technically, I feel like there's some fucking amazing things, but I can't disagree with too much, although that was rough. <laughs> Real rough. That was right at the director, too. Yeah. Mm. Right at this young finish line. Yeah, like, <laughs> fuck you, and don't Your even think you can films. do it. Three films, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, you giant blonde giant. In, in, in your short shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Come over here, there's a bloody, lot of, there's make a lot me of, watch Freddy. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes photos of Rennie Harling directing, and he's wearing, like, short shorts. Yeah, like, like should be a basketball. Like, like, he should be, like he looks like he should be at the beach. <laughs> and, he's, and he is giant. He is a huge man. Uh, that so, is a, a good style. Box office. The weekend that Nightmare 4 opened in August of 1998, the number one movie at the box office was... Freddy. Nightmare 4. Yeah. Yep. And listen to the rest of this fucking top ten. This weekend, same weekend, Young Guns... Die Hard, A Fish Called Wanda, Cocktail, <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Married to the Mob, Tucker, A Man in His Dream, Coming to America, and Midnight Run. What the fuck? Every one of those fucking movies is on this list. I would have, again, not left the cinema. I know. It's now insane. you're lucky if there's one good movie out at a time. Yeah. There's never one good movie studios, out at a time. Studios, see, studios used to actually compete against each other. Yeah. They used to compete against each other and they used to compete against each other in multiple levels. So they would compete action movie-wise, but they would also compete drama-wise and kid movie-wise. Yeah. And now, they don't do fucking any of that. They put all their money into one basket and they move out of the way of other movies so that they can maximize their opening for that for that one movie, as opposed <sighs> to just providing a broad range of entertainment that draws everybody in. Yeah. It's like when people like <laughs> comparing to everything to D and D. It's like when people like min max their characters, and it's just like yeah. it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. Who does that? Yeah. So <laughs> this is aside from Freddy versus Jason, which we don't count in this dojo, the high water mark of box office for nightmare movies. It is the biggest movie really? of, the, of the series. After this, people have. Had a little Freddy fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> Things start to slide. Yeah. Freddy mania is running wild in the streets. Absolutely really? positively running wild in the streets. My only naturally occurring enemy, Ronald Reagan, mentions <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street in a speech yeah. about, his op- about the opposition. By this stage, Freddy is like not just part of the current zeitgeist of the time. Mm-hmm. He has permeated into permeated Pol- into politics. like a permanent Everything. thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, what did he say? The truth is that when you take a walk down our opposition's memory lane, it starts to look like Nightmare on Elm Street. 
I will have cut it in. You can listen to it when the, when the episode <laughs> yeah. comes out. He had Suspenseful. A, he had a 1-900 number, which I already played the ad for in a previous episode. Mm. Uh, it's so funny. Come talk to Freddy. <laughs> Every kid's toy imaginable, including dolls, stuffed stuffed toys, Freddy pajamas. What do I want to know? So you can take your favorite child killer to bed while wearing Freddy pajamas. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty mad. And of course, something representative of the peak of 80s and 90s pop culture cachet. He had a novelty album. No. What the fuck is this? I'm playing live in the room. Part of Do the Freddy. Not going to lie, it's kind of like a little bit of a bop. From Freddie's Greatest Hits album. <laughs> I swear that's a Christmas tune that they've repurposed too. Is that song called Do the Freddy? That song is called Do Does the Freddy. Does it have a dance? <laughs> is there a dance it, that is the Freddy dance? Yeah, it's like the hokey pokey, but with more irrigation of blood. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, fuck. This record currently uh, goes for a uh, hundred and something dollars on eBay. <laughs> What I, I want to know. I almost bought it this week. <laughs> yeah, that's mad. What I want to know is, does England he does get like, likeness, like royalties for this shit, or is I it all so. just so a movie? It says on the back of it says on the back cover of this record that it is not associated with Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> which is hilarious. But he does like cover songs of like uh, All I Have to Do Is Dream. That's wild. And it's all just like a backing band who are actually singing the song with Freddie laughing, and then <laughs> occasionally just saying something creepy. That's the best. Amazing. I love the over, like, it's terrible, but I love the weird shit that comes out of like, hey, let's fucking juice this. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So my backstory with the Nightmare on Elm Street part for the Dream Master, I'm pretty sure that this is my first nightmare. Really? Yeah. Even though I wrote about Nightmare 2 and I was obsessed with Freddy, I think this is where I came in. Right. Yeah, right. So you just had heard of it before that. I didn't see it on home video. But I remember when it played on TV for the first time, I knew it was coming. Right. Is this your first clear memory of Freddy? Yes. Mm. Yeah. But I wasn't allowed to watch it. Okay. But you did. You did, didn't you? Well, back then, analog television. Ah, I know what's going to happen. Yeah, Kira knows the story already. Analog television not only was broadcast on television, but the sound was also broadcast on radio. Okay. So I lay in bed in the dark and listened to A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. That's fascinating. And I taped it. That's so weird. <laughs> and then I listened to it over and over and over and over again to the point that I can recite almost every line in this movie and cue all the sound and sound effects. <laughs> the sound of this movie is embedded in me forever. Yep. That's bizarre. So dude. how long did it take you to get to actually see the visuals? I don't know. <laughs> And was it better than what you pictured in your mind? No, I think it was. I think it was on. It was on par. Yeah, the sound of the chains. So in the very oh, there's one of those early in the early dream where Kristen brings in, uh, Kristen brings in Joey and Kincaid. Yeah, is the sound of the chains in the boiler room, and that all that sound is just like, it's like sense memory for me. Mm. It's wild. Yeah. So, um, sources for this episode are pretty much the same as the previous Nightmare uh, movies, Never Sleep Again, the 2010 documentary, the website, the Evil, um, the Evil, the Elm Street Companion. And the screenplay of this movie <laughs> as finished as it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are some interesting differences, which, okay. we, which we'll talk about. And if you want to watch Nightmare on Elm Street, you can rent it digitally pretty much everywhere. And as I've been saying, 4K, please. Shall we uh, talk our way through a Nightmare on Elm Street part four? Let's Dream do Master. it. So we open with another quote. As I said, this would be an, a continuing. I feel like this one was like 
the they, lo- they, the they struggled, yeah. The <laughs> so when deep sleep falleth on man, fear came upon me and trembling, which made all my bones shake. Job, Job yeah. book four, 13, 14. Under the credits, we hear Tuesday night singing the song that she wrote for this movie, hey. Nightmare. <laughs> As we see a child's hand drawing on the sidewalk with crayon in close-ups. By the way, um, more than one of those close-ups, that is not a child's hand. That yeah. Is, yeah. That is an adult lady's hand. The credits end with the song morphing into the Nightmare theme, which is really which is really quite uh, a nice piece of technique. Mm. And then we get a huge crane shot from the crayon drawing of Nancy's house to find New Coke Kristen <laughs> <laughs> from the script. Christian stops and looks down at an angelic little girl who's been creating the childish drawing of Freddy's house. It's not Freddy's house. Okay. So officially in the script, though. Is Freddy's house. It's Freddy's house. Yeah. So are they talking metaphorically or not? But they are and they aren't. There's never a line in the series where they say, well, this is the house where he terrorized Nancy and then it became his home. Yeah, it's It's, weird. It's his home now. It's weird that the home is the portal to the boiler room instead of the actual boiler room. Which we saw yeah. in, Nightmare t- in Nightmare 2. Yeah. Yeah, it is very strange. Kristen asked the little girl. Do you live here? Nobody lives here. Where's Freddy? <laughs> He's not home. Mm. It, it starts raining. It's suddenly nighttime. The red door opens on its own. And Kristen goes inside as behind her the kids skip and we get the rhyme. I didn't think I would sing it with you because I was listening to last week and I was like, I'm really ruining this. <laughs> you have this like almost haunting rhythm to you the way you're doing it. And I'm like, would have been better if it was just her and her. <laughs> so once she's inside the door slams, a tricycle is falling down the stairs in slow motion. She turns and leaves through the front door and comes back into the same room with the same track falling It down. must be simple to do that. It's just a set, but I really like that yeah. for sure. Yeah. And already... Harlan is whipping the camera around on a steady cam yeah. in a way that we've never seen in a nightmare movie. It's so much closer to the camera movement in like a refined music video version of the camera movement in an Evil Dead movie, in a Sam Raimi movie. Oh, yeah. Like okay. just, there's there's curtains flowing and leaves in the air and yeah. wind. There's all this like, like Atmos, Atmos effects and then he's like just moving that camera around on wide lenses really crazily. And I... You instantly, again, feel the increase in in budget. They went up another Mm. a million and a bit. She tries to calm herself down. She goes to check out a window where there's a menacing shadow that looks like Freddy's glove. Yeah. And then the window explodes, blasting her through 
the door of the she, cellar. She gets fucking pumped in this. Yeah. 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 I mean, clearly it's an effect, but and I was again, like, how is she not dead after that? Very like exploding windows. Like yeah. this is just a different, it's more like an action movie nightmare. Yeah. How it's would they ratchet, do that? It's a ratchet pull. Well, they blow the window. But like that was an actual person standing in front of it, wasn't yeah. it? With a, with a, oh, probably on a wire. It's a wire pull with a, with a, with a, when they blow the window and the window is, the window is candy cloth. And they would, yeah. And so it doesn't take that much to blow it. And they'd probably have like protective gear in front of them, right? In front of her? Yeah. No, the stuntman just takes the- That looks rough. Takes the hit. <laughs> yeah, that looks so rough. In the boiler room, it's quiet except for those swinging chains. We hear, do hear a sound that sounds like kind of Freddy's glove, maybe. And she calls out for Joey and Kincaid. Yeah. When this happened, I was like- This is where you were like, wait a second. Yeah, I, I fully realized it wasn't her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, but it's the same dudes. And can I just say, with the casting of this movie, it is clear that the kids who had been on a movie before- are better actors than the other kids. Yeah, there's a mix of there's a mix of range of performances. Yeah, there is, and it's. I almost wish that we just got a, a built putting the team back together movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't disagree. Yeah. So in Kincaid's room, he's asleep at his desk. Stirs, and then he gets pulled through a wall. He flies across the room through. I love the wall that effect into Kristen's dream. He's pissed off. Oh shit, Kristen! Not again! I'm sorry, Kincaid. Sorry? You are one spoof chick. <gasps> Joey! Thank God. I thought for a minute- What? Dragging us in here? Yeah, cut it out. You're putting one serious dent in my beauty sleep. Man has not changed. Also, I would be fucking pissed at her. Never bring me back in yeah. there. Kristen, <laughs> Kristen is worried that Freddy's back. It's Freddy. He's here. I heard him. Freddy is dead, buried and consecrated. We won, remember? He's coming back for us. Kincaid's right. Fred Krueger's history. Come here. The pipes are cold. The boiler is cold. See for yourself. Mm. And then something rushes at her from inside the boiler. It's Kincaid's dog. It bites her. She wakes up with a bite mark. What is with own. this dog? Well, Fuck this dog. He got brought into the dream. Yeah, but and it's, it's also like about it. <laughs> it 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 fucks some shit up. Well, yeah, maybe. Returning uh, Ken Sagos uh, Sagos. I, I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce his name. Mm. As Kincaid and Rodney Eastman as Joey. Uh, Joey had a bit of a glow up. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Thank I, was you. like <laughs> I knew Brody would be into the that. hair growth, the like denim jacket. I was like, yeah, I'm kind of into you. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mention either of them uh, by name in Nightmare Three, and and they haven't really been in anything else. So mm. This is Nightmare Three and this are really the, the, the bigger roles, and I mean, this one's not very big. So and, I thought I'd just shout them out before yeah. their tickets get punched. Christian, Christian, Kristen. I'm going to have the exact same fucking problem. <laughs> it's okay. She dies fairly early. Yeah. Uh, Thank God. Spoilers. <laughs> Kristen drives in her convertible. Of mm, course, because it's the 80s. Up to Rick's house as Back to the Wall by the Divinals plays. I really like that song. She's picking up, yeah, she's picking up her boyfriend Rick and his meek sister Alice from the script 
Alice is not especially well put together, and yet there's something about this shy-looking girl that suggests she might be incredibly attractive if she had any confidence. <laughs> this is oh, like, my God. Such yeah. a, like, she'd be beautiful if she just took her hair down and yeah. took, took off those glasses, glasses off. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She does go on oh a little bit God. of that, kind of, that yeah. kind of journey. Yeah. Those uh, lines from the screenplay are very... Tropey. Cliche, yeah. tropey, male gazy. You will often see she'd be beautiful if only she knew it. <laughs> but see, that's that's a that's a shortcut for like, oh, director, you know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah, yeah, totally. But it still doesn't make it. Yeah. Was anyway. it was it now when she does her first daydream? Soon. Okay. Soon, yeah. yeah. So Mr. Johnson answers the door, their parents, um, and ignores Kristen's greeting. He bitches at Alice about leaving the house dressed like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's dressed like a fucking Mormon. So yeah, I Mormon. don't know yeah. what his yeah. problem is in that moment. Well, maybe that she hasn't got any style. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Rick exits the house via the upstairs window. It's a void all contact day. What? Whoa. When Dad's popping aspirin like popcorn, it's void all contact day. Rick is played by Andrus Jones, uh, who in he this looks movie real familiar. He is my style icon in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that hair with the vests. Yeah, yeah. He's another musician and sometimes actor that we will not see again. He's okay. not really in a lot of other other stuff. I thought it was um, the dude from House who like plays House's best friend, Wilson. Yeah. Isn't that child actor? Isn't that yeah. uh, Robert Sean Leonard from um, yeah. The Poet Society? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was him. I've never seen that show, but I just knew that it, it was him. Yeah. yeah Have you never seen Dead Poets? No, I've seen Dead Poets. I've never seen fucking oh. House. Sorry. <laughs> so, you mean medical Sherlock Holmes? Why not? Probably because of that. <laughs> I couldn't stand this dude's performance. I know. I know. I really I love shouldn't. him. Yeah. yeah I Look, thought he was I, I find so like he, he was actually kind of cute and fun. He's so charming. But his like actual performance, like in the like karate fighting and stuff, I was just like, oh, this is kind of cringy. The karate's not his fault. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Later. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I liked his performance. Yeah, he has a fun moment with his dad when when his dad opens the door and he pretends to be Lucille Ball saying I did like to, that. To yeah, that was nice. Come up to the club, honey. He was definitely swinging for the fences. Yeah. Let's yeah. They arrive at the third new Springwood High School in four years. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for them in the car park is Deb. She wants to know who's taking Trig. She had a conflict, Dynasty or homework. <laughs> she needs help. Who gets into shows like that that much. What it's, is Dynasty? I've heard soap, of it. I knew that part, but like, what? What is it? It's like oil barons and yeah, and, and Texas and okay. It's like Yellowstone, but in the eighties and cheap. Yeah, <laughs> Yellowstone, but bold and the beautiful. Yes, Yellowstone, yeah. but bold and the beautiful. Okay. Or young and restless. Or yeah. General Hospital. Yeah. <laughs> or any of the others. Across the car park, Dan Jordan, played by Dan Hassel. <laughs> Football quarterback gets out of his red pickup truck. I like he truck. was cute. Like he seems like a he seemed like a pretty good actor. I don't know why he didn't have more lines. From what Wait, I saw, okay, I would like so. I feel the opposite of you, clearly. <laughs> yeah, no, no, because no, of I course. quite like Rick, and I think that Dan is so fucking like white bread boring. Yeah, he is, but I feel like that's his character, and I yeah. just feel like maybe he. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Deb calls him one major league hunk. <laughs> he is like seven foot. <laughs> Alice has a daydream. You know, you are one major league hunk. <laughs> Thanks, Alice. 
Tragically, a knee injury on the day of the big game would mean he'd never go pro as a major league hunk. <laughs> he had a few hard years in the minors, semi-serious day drinking problem, and a sour marriage, but he found redemption by leading a ragtag team of inner city hunks all the way to the finals, where they lose to the rich kid hunks from across town, but learn the real value of being a hunk is how you play the game and the other hunks we meet along the way. What was that? Huh? <laughs> What? Did he actually do Sorry? another movie? Uh, Rick no. offers to introduce. <laughs> no. Uh. <laughs> that was just Ken having fun at the word factory. Uh, well played. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we were driving here and I asked you whether this was going to be a long podcast because of the amount of notes? I don't think it's just the notes that are going to make this long <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Rick offers to introduce her because they are friends. In the screenplay... But it's never said in the movie. We find out that that, that Rick is Dan's martial arts teacher. Oh yeah, <laughs> just how they know. Just how they know. Uh, how they know each other. Right. Right. Oh, that's so funny. Deb spots salvation. Sheila on her smoking Vespa <laughs> pulling in. <laughs> Looking respectfully. She's a nerd. You can tell from her glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting, like, I've seen this movie multiple times, but some for some reason I was still expecting the, the um, I can't remember the character's name, but the character that was going over to the to the nerd Deb. character, Deb, yep. was going to, like, be picking on her, like that they weren't friends. Yeah. The, yeah. They are a very odd group of friends together. Yeah. There's and I the think something about the way. And there's the, there's the jock girl and the jock guy and yes. And yeah. then, the, then the whatever Rick is. And then... <laughs> Yeah, yeah something about the way she goes over to her and just the felt girl, like it felt the like a trip the, out of something The girl from else. the mental yeah. hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, there's one of those in every group, isn't there? In my experience of like high school, that's what people's friend groups actually were. It wasn't like all football players, all nerds. It was like, oh, you had one of each in each group and that's how on, they all got into league. All, all boys school? Yeah. yeah. So there wasn't the cheerleader. <laughs> wow. Oh, was there? Oh, but seriously though, looking respectfully. You got a thing for, for Sheila. Oh my God, she's gorgeous. She's cute, yeah. Ugh, the I bone mean, structure whole, on her. This whole class is, the whole class. Yeah. The whole cast is, is good. They are very good looking, yeah. Sheila has asthma, takes a hit from her inhaler. Yeah. A nearby jock tells her you're sucking on the wrong nozzle. Hey, yo, needle dick. I bet you're the only male in this school suffering from penis envy. <laughs> Writing is real hard, you guys. Yeah, thank and sometimes you. acting is real hard too. Well, it doesn't help when you don't have a great script. Yeah, yeah. that's that's where like you know, that's not those lines don't work. And a director where English is not his first language. Yeah, Deb has been snacking on apricots, and she goes to take another one out of the bag, and there is a roach on it. She freaks out because she hates Chekhov's bugs. Yeah, <laughs> but like also. That would freak me out as well because now I'm like, I've been eating roach chips. Yeah. And then yeah, we get much. Rick's line, uh, give a bug a break. It always <laughs> makes me laugh. By Kristen's locker, Kincaid and Joey confront her. She warns them that Freddie is coming back. But Kincaid tells her that they don't need her power anymore. And then Joey says, I mean, did it ever occur to you that if you keep going in, you might stir him up again? Look, we'll help you. We all have better things to dream about. You got that right. Sign and seal. Okay. So first of all. They have a good point. (laughs) I am. Yeah. So first of all, I'm sad that they're not in the same friend group because I feel like they've survived something and they should be in the same friend group. Yeah, they should all be hanging out. They should still be friends, right? Yeah. Yeah, But I understand that like if she's still fucking with that space, then like I wouldn't want to hang out with her either. But like on that point, what do we think was the like, did Freddie come back or did like- she fucking oh, I think it's pretty definitive what brings Freddy back, and we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah, okay. Rick comes over and engages in some light homophobia with them. Here comes your boyfriend. Can he give you a good night's sleep? We don't kiss and tell. How about you guys? 
Yeah, this is very of its of its yeah, time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we don't. Uh, ki- I fully don't even remember what you're him. talking about because it was just like man. He says we don't. He says we don't kiss and tell. Do you? Oh, uh, like, right. That, they are, that those two two boys are gay. Yep, sure. They walk away and then pass some lockers that have been slashed open. They would have been my first clue. Red yeah. light <laughs> leaking out of them. I'd like to see a deleted scene of the kid whose locker that is coming to get a book. <laughs> And being sucked into the locker, maybe sprayed out in little pieces. Like I didn't have a good look at it. Is that like physically done or was it CGI? In 1988. Not CGI, but you know, like special effects. No, they fucking slashed some lockers and shone a red light through it. Because it was clean, man. That was real good looking. It is. Yeah. Yeah, that's Because film. they slashed and because them for they did real, it for real. A thing and- Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was yeah. hoping they did it for real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rick trains martial arts in... A garage as anything yeah, anything by a drama rama plays. To be fair, this is one of my highlights of the film. Yeah, <laughs> I, so I, hated, don't it like the car I hated it and I loved it. I, th- I think there's a very specific reason why you hate it, and we'll talk about why it's the way it is when we, okay. when we get there. Okay. Because I agree that it's real fucking lame. Mm. Um, we set up that Rick does martial arts and uh, the nunchucks for later. That's important. Mm. Um, is They're it? a defensive no. weapon. <laughs> not, not used really at no, all. It, she doesn't use them against Rick yeah. in the final fight. No. Alice is doing the dishes as her father comes home, brown bagging it. He's late from work. Damn contracts. Damn business. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized how dumb that was. Alice serves him dinner. It's a salad. In uh, the tiniest bowl ever. And as we know from Homer Simpson. You don't win friends with salad. 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 And it doesn't. It also doesn't look very appetizing no, as a salad goes. She but probably like, should, have, should have known that that wasn't going to go down well. Yeah, he he chews her out like this is what you give me after a ten hour day. Yeah, what am I a rabbit? Uh, yeah. He's an asshole though. She daydreams. Yes, she daydreams standing up to him. I can think of how sick I am of watching you drink your life away and taking it out on me. Alice, Alice, I'm talking to you. Are you awake or what? Dad, don't start. Start what? Tell them the little daydream and wake up? I kind of knew what was being set up in this film, but I was so hoping that, like, because of her daydreaming, she was it was going to be, like, another number two situation, which, like, it kind of is, but, like, I thought Freddy was going to be a little bit... He didn't have a big death toll in this, did he? He kills more people in this movie than he's killed in the previous two or three movies. Does he? Christian oh, okay. Kincaid, Deb, Rick, Sheila. The other one. <laughs> he didn't... Yeah, okay. Maybe yep. it's just because the middle doesn't feel... Anyway, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Kincaid is throwing darts while he's lying in bed and wearing a baseball glove. Yeah, did you notice? That's did you notice? Choice. Would you notice what? No, I'm just kidding. But on the dartboard, it was red and green. <laughs> <laughs> Brody's obsession with finding things that don't mean anything. <laughs> <sighs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> He's dozing off as his dog comes in. His dog is named Jason. Yeah, yeah. I noticed. Yeah. On the wall, a nod to Wes Craven. 
Oh. There is a Hills Have Eyes poster on the wall. Kincaid's room. Kincaid just closes his eyes for a second and then he wakes up in the boot of a car. Yeah. He kicks his way out and he is in the auto salvage yard from the end of Dream Warriors. He's in like the T-Bird or whatever it yeah. was that got, this that got impaled on. Yeah. Yeah. So Jason is digging around in the dream and then uh, he pisses fire on the ground. <laughs> yeah, he does. So like this is this is what I mean by And like, that's what brings Freddy back. Yeah, but yeah, like a dog pissing fire. <laughs> this is the thing. In a dream. This is re- all this is one hundred percent Rennie Harlan, by the way. Rachel Taylor tells this story. She just tells it in, in Never Sleep Again. That Rennie Harlan ran into James Cameron. Yeah. Right? He's like mirror image. Canadian mirror image. Yeah. And said, How are you guys bringing back Freddy this time? And Rennie's Rennie's response was, A dog pisses fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's mad. Yeah. Oh, that's dear. sick. And like it could have just been like him wanting to have a good response, but now he's committed. Yeah. So the ground begins to fall away. Some great effects in this sequence. Yeah. And we reveal Skelly Freddy. Mm. <laughs> Skelly Freddy. I brought that back just for you. Skelly Freddy. Who then reverse melts back together. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. yeah, so it's all just reverse photography of pieces that dissolve that are being played back. Like his lungs, come, his ribs come back together and his lungs inflate. And yeah. His skin comes over the top. So you it's imagine they great. would have had to make the wax thing like actually... Well, the lungs, like are probably, human body. lungs are probably not wax. They're probably just like an inflatable thing. And then uh, the wax is like the top, all the flesh and stuff. Yeah, okay. That's melting away. Yeah, that's yeah. melting back on, which is reverse photography. So um, Kevin Yeager returned to design Freddy's makeup for this movie. He'd done, uh, he's been on, on, on the job since Freddy two. looked clean again, yeah. But he passed on the application of the makeup. So he didn't do the day-to-day application. Okay. To Howard Berger. Later, the B of the legendary effects company KNB, oh. which is really cool. Kincaid runs and we get more crazy steady cam. And we actually do something that we've never done before in Nightmare on Elm Street, which is we shift to Freddy's point of view, subjective mm. point of view of him looking for Kincaid. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. never we followed, we've never followed no. Freddy around before. Kincaid uses his dream power, his strength, to drop a car on Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> Take that motherfucker. I love the dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The, the dummy that takes the hit is pretty funny. Yeah. The cars in the salvage yard start going nuts. Windows and headlights explode. Cars start shooting flames and honking. How does Kincaid not, like, not know to double tap already? Well, yeah. The cars start moving in to block him. There's a shot of a car that like slides at speed sideways to oh. shut like a door with a stunt guy in the foreground that is like, it just pretty impressive. Yeah, it's really impressive. Yeah. Just the kinetic action of it is is so impressive. And then Kincaid screams for Christian. Uh, for co- <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then Kincaid screams for Kristen. We pull back. And we see the entire planet is a salvage yard. Yeah. Which is a fantastic piece of matte painting. It's fucking mm. beautiful. Yeah, it's incredible. Freddy then just gets Kincaid. I'll see you in hell. Tell him Freddy sent you. I love that. Tell him Freddie's singing. Yeah. One down, two to go. It's funny that I was saying he doesn't have a higher death toll because he does not fuck about in this film. Freddie takes people down. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't mess with them for as long. Yeah, true. It's because there's so many kills. Yeah. And so many different elaborate kills. Yeah. I can't believe I didn't even think that that was, there was that many. Yeah. 
uh, Kristen is awake, drinking off-brand cola and smoking. Yeah. It's not Coca-Cola. She's drinking Coca-Cola in the last movie. In this movie, she's drinking this weird, like, silver can with a fake label on it. <laughs> uh-huh. right. There might be a reason for that that, come, that pops up later. Okay. Um, anyway, meanwhile, Joey is falling asleep watching MTV and reading Rolling yeah. Stone, throwing a waterbed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck. God. On I the wall. That was so cool. Yeah, me too, right? <sighs> On the wall is an autograph poster of a swimsuit model, and then suddenly the bed starts rocking as Billy Idol plays. <laughs> Joey pulls the sheets back to find the woman from his poster is inside the waterbed naked. Yeah. All I know is that Joey's actor had the best time on both of those movies oh, that oh, he's in. Oh, Joey. He's always having bed trouble. Yeah. <laughs> she blows him a kiss and then disappears into the depths of the bed. And then Freddy bursts out of the bed. How's this for a wet dream? <laughs> I reckon this is probably the best kill. No, I, there's one like Because of one. how he, oh yeah, yeah. But because of how he like ends up, that final shot is so clean. Yeah, so uh, bye Joey. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he calls out for, for Kristen as well, but um, no Joey, the water turns red with his blood. Yeah. yeah. So were they not allowed, to, uh, not allowed, were they not able to call for her because she was awake? Yes. Mm. Right. Yes. If she had been asleep, she would have been able to help but she was staying awake smoking. Yeah. Cut to Alice's fish tank in her room. Oh, that is clean. Yeah. Yeah. From the bed to the, to the yeah. fish tank. Yeah. So in her room, she has a mirror that's covered with photos. Rick comes in and says, sort of defeats the purpose. Don't it? What? The mirror. You can't see yourself in it. I don't want to. Oh, now I get the fucking significance of like the mirrors and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I missed that. Yeah. The whole movie, I was expecting something bad to happen to the fish. <laughs> yeah. You've seen this movie. I know. Okay. But when you see a fish tank in a movie like this. You think they're going to explode, yeah. Mm-hmm. You just have a feeling. Yeah. She was looking at a photo of uh, her mother and tells Rick that her father wouldn't treat them like this if her mother was alive. And then Rick tells her that she has to stand up for herself mm. and then he starts teaching her martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> she's, so so good, she's so good that she kicks a shoe off into the fish tank. Swish, kill a fish. Oh, my God. They're like, they have it, you know, zero brother-sister chemistry. You know, it's meant to be awkward on purpose, right? Is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, she is meant to be awkward. Yeah, right. Okay. I should give her more credit then. Yeah. Yeah. In the morning, Joey's mother finds him dead in his waterbed. Yeah, this is so sick. Yeah. The shot of him looking up from underneath, underneath the her. sealed waterbed is so sick. Yeah. At school, uh, Kristen looks pretty rough. Alice finds her. Uh, she flaked on them this morning, didn't come pick them up. Kristen's been looking for Joe and Kincaid and can't find them. And then she tells Alice that they have matching luggage. Mm. Bags under their eyes. They talk about nightmares and we learn that Alice loves to dream. Mm, I love to dream. I just hate the ones about my dad. How do you handle your nightmares? My mom taught me when I was little. Did you ever hear of the Dream Master? Sounds like a game show host to me. No, it's a rhyme. Just have to dream about someplace fun. Remember, you're in control. How do you know so much about dreams? Well, when it's all you have, you kind of become an expert. Two things of note. First, the Dream Master. In the script, 
It is not a rhyme. Ah. There's more in the script. So what she says is, no, it's a fable. The guardian of good dreams. It was like my teddy bear when I was growing up. Teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. I kept thinking that there would be a point where she called on the guardian because they talk about it in class later. Uh, yes, they yeah. do. Which, again, I will talk about that when we get to it. I thought we were going to- it was presented differently originally. Yeah, I thought we were going to meet like an anti-Freddy in this film. <sighs> yeah, it kind of does sort of set up that that so, could be what's happening. So there is dialogue in the script and there is and there is description in the script that makes it make sense that is not in the movie. Right, okay. Which I will talk about. So Kristen says to her, great, you wouldn't happen to know his phone number. Yeah. <laughs> the scene goes on with Kristen telling Alice that uh, she can bring people into her dreams in the screenplay. Oh, so right. So she, she reveals she- that, ah. that power early on. And then, of course, we probably need to talk about the fact that Kristen seems like a completely different character in this movie. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like, she just doesn't line up. I, you know, I joked about calling her a new Coke Kristen, yeah. but, she, you know, she could also be the Crystal Pepsi. Kristen, if that's your bag. Um, but yeah, this movie like acts, didn't go through the experience of number yeah, it, three. It, the movie acts like this version never mastered her dream powers and mm. fought Freddy. Mm. She just seems ho- fucking hopeless. Mm. She doesn't do Jim Cutter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Kristen doesn't. But when she passes the power on, Alice yeah. does later. Yeah. yeah, but it's so it just doesn't line up, and I think that that's part of the casting, the the fact that they recast. Yeah, and but I also because it's, it's a different writer, so you don't have the same person writing dialogue, yeah. the same character kind of thing. So. Yeah, uh, both the <laughs> actors that played Joey and Kincaid talk about the fact that it was really hard to to do the scenes where they feel like they're meant to have a relationship with this, with this person because they didn't actually go through anything. Yeah, with this person. interesting. Yeah. yeah, do you feel like between the films, maybe like the directors don't really have respect for each other's. It's a studio moving real fast. Uh, it's okay. also a different era. Like we are so used to things connecting now and all making sense. And it yeah. used to be that you just took what you wanted and you left everything else, left everything else behind. I suppose continuity that's funny. was not right. continuity was not the thing it is now. Where there's the, where, sure where you have to worry about some dickhead on YouTube talking about all the things that are really yeah. wrong in your own movie series. Yeah, I used to love that shit, and I kind of fell out of love. It also with just it. doesn't fucking. It doesn't matter. You know, I make fun of it because it because it's interesting to me to just track. To, it's interesting to me to track what they keep and what they don't keep. Yeah. Because I'm interested in in that from a from a like a, a filmmaking perspective, yeah. but it's not a got you from my, from my perspective. Like when I talk about the fact that hey, it's, this is the fourth different high school, it's more just that I think that that's interesting from a production yeah, point of view that sure. you don't try and match what what was done what was done previously. The funny thing is, is like didn't notice once. Did not notice once. Like as soon as you say it, I'm like, oh yeah. Every fucking. (laughs) It's because Cam probably knows what high school each of those high schools were and what other movies they've appeared in. Listen, we don't have enough time for me to tell you, to give you the the coordinates for those. (laughs) (laughs) To tell us how to get there if you got off at a certain point. Yeah. (laughs) Or to go on a tour of all the schools in a, you know, in a a nice uh, Californian afternoon. Freak. (laughs) (laughs) In class, she freaks out straight away that Joey and and Kincaid aren't there. And it plays like a Mm -hmm. massive overreaction because she freaks out straight away. In the script, she falls asleep after they've been killed and has an encounter with Freddy. So she knows that Freddy is back, which is why she reacts the way that she does. See, that would make so much Uh, more sense. Yes. Otherwise, they could just be late for class. Do you reckon that's editing or... It's, like, it's the mess of the of the production. Sure, it's it's them changing things and then not adjusting other parts of the script to match what they change. Yeah, right. Yeah, 
which is one of the things in this in this movie mm-hmm. that happens quite a lot. For sure. So Rick tries to get her to calm down, and then she ends up smacking her head on a wall and passing out. She wakes up in the nurse's office. Oh, I could tell straight away. Nurse, 100% knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And the nurse is Robert Englund in drag. I mean, we know because it's a guy in drag, but like I 100% was just like, even if this is just meant to be a guy in drag, like the nails give it away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the nurse turns into Freddy and he is about to attack her when she wakes up in the real world because the real nurse is rousing her with smelling salts. What I don't know is why didn't they just put someone else there and then change it into Freddy. Because it's fun for Robert Englund to be in the movie. It was very himself. fun. I did like enjoy when he was it. the bus driver. Yeah, true. Like it's just a fun little thing for the kids, for the, the horror kids. The bus driver was so much more subtle. Yeah. This one is just like, oh, that's clearly it, dude. Oh, it's probably Freddy. Oh, we are way past subtle. Yeah, Come true. On. Very How's true. Have you been watching dream? this? I have. You make good points. <laughs> we are so far past subtle. <laughs> <laughs> He's James Bond, remember? <laughs> True. Dan pulls his truck up in front of a diner. Did we notice the name of the diner? Oh, no. no. Oh, come on. It's the Crave Inn. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute fucking hack shit. Yeah. Absolute hack shit. Wes would have loved that. Uh, I don't know. Inside the diner, Alice is working. Dan asks if Rick is around and Alice is like, oh my God, he talked to me. (laughs) Uh, But bad luck for her because Deb is starting her shift and Dan is sitting at a table that she will be working. Sheila's there as well. They have a little boy talk. Deb wonders where he works out. Do you guys know that Deb works out? (laughs) (laughs) The banter. They banter some more and Sheila ends up telling Deb that one day. Deb, you know, later in life, you're going to appreciate my motto. What's that? Mind over matter. Look, I'll see you later, okay? Bye. Bye. She leaves as uh, Rick comes in with Christian and they tell everybody that Kincaid and Joey are dead. Rick goes to talk with Dan, who then calls out and it's a whole fucking mess. And then um, Christian ends up, ends up talking to Alice and says, Look, you're going to hear all kinds of stories. And after all we've been through together, how could I let him get to them? We were a team. I'm going to get that son of a bitch. Who? Rick, we gotta go. So this plays out um, kind of differently in the screenplay, and I think it works better in the screenplay than it does in the, in the movie. So it offers it also offers way more information, and people know more. Mm-hmm. So in the screenplay, Rick, Debbie, and Sheila are all sitting together while while Alice works. Dan comes in and joins them. Sheila then does go leave to study. Kristen then comes in on her own, tells them that uh, Joey and Kincaid were murdered, and she says to them, "Freddie's back in town." And Deb says, Freddie, that creaky town legend. Uh. Dan is like, I'm from Detroit. What town legend? And then Kristen says, I can't explain it here. I have to show you. I have to take you somewhere. Then they're all in Dan's car. Dan's truck together. And they keep talking. So in the script, it says, a conversation is in progress. Kristen has finished up telling a story. So now you know who and what Freddie really is. She has told them off camera. And then Rick says, I thought Freddie was just an old town story. It's no story. It happened. Freddie's real and he's back. There's an interesting piece of action. Everyone in the car has been leaning in towards Kristen, engrossed in her story. Rick grows uncomfortable with the crowding as if he has a strong aversion to tight spaces, which we would Uh, like to telegraph for later exploitation. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And then he says, come on, give me some room. I hate tight spaces. So I think it's kind of interesting that the kids already kind of know about Freddy. Like he's a town, like urban legend. Yeah. Was it taken out because then it messes, if they know about Freddy, does it mean that he should already be able to access their dreams? 
because we, because isn't that how Freddy kind of works? He exists in your nightmares because you know about him. Yeah. But, then, so, but, but mm. not. Yeah. Freddy can only oh. really get into your dreams if you were one of the original Elm Street oh, yeah. kids. Yeah. children, yeah. So I think the whole he can't get you in unless you know about him thing doesn't happen until after yeah, this does it create, story. Yeah, but does it create confusion, you know what I mean? Like mm. if, you, if you're mixing those two things together. So yeah, back with the movie, they go straight to Nancy's house, not yeah. fucking Freddy's house, uh, in the real world, and it's uh, still abandoned and boarded up like it was in the last movie. Yeah. And as within Dream Warriors, this is... Not the original house. This yeah. is a facade built on an empty lot. Dan asks, what's with the haunted house? It's not just a house. It's his home. No, it's not. It's Nancy's house. <laughs> yeah. He's waiting in there for me to dream. Hey, it's okay. We're with you. I told you, you can't help me. This isn't a normal nightmare. I'm history. I don't get it. Come on. Jeez, what did I miss? told us a story about Freddy. Fred Krueger, he's a town legend. He was a child killer freed on a technicality. So? So, a lot of parents got pissed off. And, according to Chris, they hunted him down and roasted him like a Thanksgiving turkey. Nice neighborhood. Yeah. Anyway, that's where it gets weird. Um, she says that he comes back in dreams, and if he kills you in your dream, you're dead for real. Alice starts reciting the Dream Master rhyme. Now I lay me down to sleep. The master of dreams, my soul I'll keep. The Dream Master, I think I remember the rhyme. Krishna's mother somehow knows where she is, pulls up and honks the horn. I think she just does a drive by that house. Like <laughs> I assume because she knows the history, because she's one of the parents, right? She is, but we. this is the first time we've seen her in this movie. Yeah, right. Is it the same mum? Yeah, it's the same mother. Yeah, oh, okay. It's, yeah, it's the same. It's the same mother. I mean, it would make sense that she, that she probably does do a drive by of this area to make sure that yeah, it's not there. And when she sees that she is, makes her get in the car and go home. Yeah, because that, we are not doing this again. That was my internal logic, but you're right. It is kind of weird. But it yeah. does come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Alice sees the kids drawing on the sidewalk. She walks away. She looks back, and it's gone. Yeah. Which is, which is kind of fun. And then, yeah, in the script, this scene plays out differently because everybody except for Sheila is there. Yeah. Right? So Rick says, this place feels like a graveyard. Kristen says, it should. This was a battlefield. Kids died here. Deb says, Freddy again. Kristen Love says, that. it's him. He's here waiting, waiting for me to dream. Deb says, but everybody has nightmares. I've never seen Freddy. And Kristen says, you don't know what nightmares are. We get a, con- a little bit of conversation between Kristen and Alice where... Alice says, what you said about bringing people into your dreams, if it helps, think of me when you need to. Uh. Right? Um, Alice also recites the same part of the rhyme in the screenplay, but then trails off and says she forgets the rest, Mm. which makes more sense with the ending, where she suddenly remembers the rest of it and uses it against against Freddy. Yeah, we don't hear it in full once, do we? Only the end. Oh, so we hear the start and then at the end she remembers the end, but we don't hear it in full, do we? No, we don't yeah. We don't ever hear it in, in full. When I first heard it, I kept singing the Metallica song in my head, the <laughs> Enter Sandman. Okay. Yeah. Yep. At home, uh, Christian's mother is empathetic as ever. Yeah. <laughs> Something the matter with the cuisine? Well, Mom, I'll tell you. When two of your friends die in the same day, let me know what it does to your appetite. You're just tired. Don't think I haven't noticed that you haven't been sleeping, young lady. 
That has got to stop, honey. She is drugged, Christian, with sleeping pills. She fucking sucks. She sucks so much. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> sorry that you and your tennis pals torched this guy and now he's after me? In case you haven't been keeping score, it's his fucking banquet and I'm the last course. Kristen, we went over this in therapy. No, mother. You just murdered me. Take that to your goddamn therapy. Kristen! <laughs> I, I want to fucking film follow-up of her mother going downhill and blaming herself as she should. Yeah, she runs upstairs Good. as her pills kick in. She could have at least given her the magic don't dream pills. Yeah. Yeah. Surely they're less experimental right now. I yeah. don't I don't think so. Well we <laughs> used them. Made it out of trials. <laughs> she used them last movie so she can have them. It's fine. Exactly. She actually didn't use them last movie. Oh yeah. They no actually one never, they never actually got to that, did they? Yeah. yeah. We get this high angle of her room that begins to spin wildly into a top down yeah. shot as it follows her trying to get dressed and then use the phone to call Alice and saying dream someplace fun as she passes out. It keeps spinning as she passes out, moving right into a, an extreme close-up of her face. Yeah. This shot is fucking crazy for 1988. The level of coordination to keep it well-framed and to keep it in focus when you have shitty video assist and that is probably being spun not with like joysticks, computer control, but with wheels. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck. By like somebody operating. Like a hand crank. Yeah, well, that's how cameras used to be operated, by the way. So we, you know, we, you know how we use tripods. I have seen that. How does that work? So it's basically like a, it's a. This way for left, this motorized. way for forward yeah, and back. Yeah, it's motorized. That's so weird. So most people use a, use a, a tripod. They use an arm to tilt, manually yeah. tilt and pan, right? But the professional way to do it in film is to use a, a mechanical wheel. So it's smooth. So it's smooth. Of course. Yeah. That's fascinating. So Fuck. I looked in the credits to see if it was like an early remote head. Yeah. Right. So uh, like a computer controlled head, but there wasn't any kind of technical camera credits where I could see it. So I'm pretty sure that that is just a hand operated, hand okay. operated uh, film camera. So that shot's incredible. Like, yeah. I, like Harlan is just like. The, the following stuff. sequence Harlan's is like pretty impressive get, as well. Harlan's acting like he's never going to get to direct again. Yeah, well, yeah, true. Yeah. He's and they pulling out all known, the stops. They wouldn't have known that they got it in terms of... <laughs> yeah. Like, would got, they have done it a couple of times just in case? Oh, in, yeah, in, in, in the, in the yeah. You have to trust so hard that, yeah. it's in focus, that it's in focus. Like, so you do have video assist. So you have video tap. So there is a... So basically there's a camera inside the film's viewfinder. Right. Right, that then leads to a... To a, um, so they're not taking a signal because there is no signal because it's film, mm. but they put a, there's no electronic viewfinder. It's a, it's a, you know, prism viewfinder. And then they, they have a little camera inside the viewfinder that leads to a video signal so they can assist. So they can have an idea, but yeah, they wouldn't know, no, that it was going to actually work. So they just have to shoot it a couple of times and hope that one of them worked. Yep. And then look at dailies. And then if it doesn't work, you go back and you do it again. That blows me Jeez. out. Yep. That that's so archaic to where we are now. I feel so sorry for the focus puller. So, yeah. like, it's not like they would have been able. How long does it take to develop 
a film. In- oh, um, for back then, uh, you turn around film. You have dailies like within within twenty four hours. So you probably they're be looking. Dailies? Yeah, that's why they're called dailies you'd, because you'd see the day before. So <laughs> at the end of been pretty clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day that you were shooting, you'll see the footage from the day before. Right. Oh, that's so fucking annoying. Yeah. Because then it's like you're already shooting. You might be shooting another thing. You might have moved sets. You yeah. might have moved off that set and then realised you need to go back. That sucks. Kristen wakes up at the beach. It's not a beach. Yeah. It's a lake in a public park where they have brought in some sand. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. There's a little girl building a sandcastle. Her name is Alice. Never trust a little girl. No, never, ever. <laughs> Just a little blonde girl in a dream. Shark Freddy. Yeah. yeah I, she this brown is hair. fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Freddy's glove moves like a fin through the through the water. It is just fingertips at the start, right? Yeah, it's just the it's just the And then later the it's the like flame. the it's full claws. And claw yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. It um <laughs> it lands sharks. Yeah, it does. And then Freddy it's street sharks. It's street sharks. And then it, and then it ex- into the uh, sandcastle, which explodes, and then he's just standing there. Would this have been a similar technique to? It's on a track. Yeah, so yeah. it's underground. There's a cavern, like a space underground, that's like popping yep. it all up. It's on a track. It's being pulled by a cable. Yeah, cool, yep. cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen runs and ends up in quicksand. Oh, this is so. Freddie takes the time to put on a pair of Ray Bans. Love it. <laughs> and then pushes her down, laughing. That was probably my highlight of Freddy so far. Putting Just on the Ray-Bans. <laughs> there is a, so there is a gif of Freddy with Ray-Bans on, <laughs> and this is where it is from. Yeah. I have used it before in conversation with us. He is not just basking in the sun. He is basking in his murderous rampage, and it is glorious. Yeah. So <laughs> while they were shooting this uh, at a park in San Pedro, <laughs> the first day word got out that they were shooting that, oh, that yes. movie and a crowd gathered to see Freddie. England ended up hanging out, signing autographs and, and, and talking to people while he was in the makeup. Fuck yeah. And then the next morning there were 300 people. Oh, oh no. yes. <laughs> Waiting for Freddie and the cops had to escort him to set. <laughs> At the end of the day when shooting was done, his trailer was surrounded. The makeup trailer was surrounded. Fuck. And he placated the crowd by throwing out pieces of the makeup as he took it off. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, that's definitely, and that's what I mean about like Freddie being so iconic at this point. Yeah, that you know, like hundreds of people gather to get a look at him. When Freddie pushes her down, the sandpit leads into Nancy's house. Can we just talk about how he pushes her down? The most disrespectful, just like stomp on her head. (laughs) She ends up actually not. Anything on the floor, she crawls along the, the ceiling, which is kind of fun. Do they do a spin? Because she kind of falls through and is it a, a cut? cut? It's a cut. Uh, yeah. It's a cut. So it's an upside down. They did do they didn't do a revolving room. So there's an upside down set so that she could be on the ceiling. Because I was they wondering because they punch in as well at another point as well. So the cut where she swings down. It's just they're on a, like a little platform above the set and she just comes and she just comes down. Right. Her stunt double. She goes down into the boiler and Freddie is waiting for her. Elm Street's last breath. She went down way too easy. Yeah, Freddie wants her to call on one of her friends. Kristen, why don't you uh, call on one of your little friends? Maybe they could help. Never! I'm a rat! Why don't you reach out and cut someone? She tries not to, but ends up bringing in Alice. Fresh meat. 
the look and feel of this stuff is like a, the boiler room stuff is amazing. It is very. There's pretty. a shot where there's a brick wall, and it's ex- like a where something looks like it's been walled up, and it explodes to reveal a metal door. Yeah, it's just like a visual cutaway that represents Freddy gaining access to new kids' dreams. Yeah, and it's so fast that you almost never notice. You never notice it, but that's part of that MTV thing where like it doesn't make doesn't need to make sense. It's just about the the, the imagery. Kristen tries to wake up Alice by slapping her. Yeah. <laughs> and then Freddy says, Alice, come to daddy. <laughs> Kristen rushes Freddy and then gets yeeted into a furnace. She gets, uh, it's just, she goes down like a sack of yeah. shit. Now no one sleeps. Freddy rips open his shirt and we see the souls of the children that he's collected. Kristen's, Kristen's soul as a ball of energy is pulled into Freddy. And then we hear her say, you'll need my power and a bolt of energy comes out and hits Alice, who wakes up. Now. Yes. If she didn't pass on her power, Alice would be dead and Freddy would have no one else. Because well, she Freddy wouldn't be able to pull other have... people into dreams. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I was like, oh, yeah, she's going to get power and stop being a badass. But then, like, after, like, two-thirds in a mirror, I was like, wait, none of this had to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but then there's also, like, it's one of those things where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. She also needs it to be able to f- defeat him. Yeah. So on the mirror in Alice's room is a postcard of Christian and Freddy, greetings from hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was fucking nice. I love that touch. Yeah. So is this when you see the the souls on Freddy's no, we the get time? To, no, we'll get no. to it. It's at the very end of this movie. It, and was, it was good looking, though. It's at the end oh, of this, this movie. Oh, okay. It's at the very end. I will highlight it. Don't worry, you'll get to talk about how much you love it. Is okay. this what you were talking about last time? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so most yeah. of the criticism of this movie from the fan base is that it kills off the Dream Warriors way too easily. Yeah. And I agree, they get punked in this movie. I always forget how quickly they go down in this like, movie. They should have another set of powers. Because I remember that they come back and then, yeah. Don't you feel like if they're going to kill them off, make powers against Freddy the thing now? Well, it is, kind of. I mean, it's just karate and... <laughs> Science and bringing people, yeah, and science, ghostbustering, ghostbustering, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is there a better version of this movie where where Kristen does die early and passes on the power, but then Alice has to go and find Joey and Kincaid to find out how, what's going on? That'd be dope. Yeah, right? that'd and be nice. And then they join the the group a little bit, and yeah, you could kill them off, but kill them off later in the movie the way that we did with Nancy. Yeah, all right. I yeah, I didn't like that the fact that. Uh, Kincaid survived, and then you go the through, you go through all of yeah, all the Dream Warriors, and then you, yeah, and then you get like just killed so easily. Yeah, yeah, because it's like oh, you broke the trope of like not killing the black guy in the film, and then you go and back you, to killing yeah, the black guy okay. first in the film. Yeah. yeah, Rick comes in, and Alice tells him that they have to go to Kristen, and at her house they find her dead with her bedroom like on fire. Yeah, indicating that she fell asleep smoking. Yeah, and then yeah. caused the fire and then died. Is kind of like the how it you know plays for the for the police. What I want to know is how did they explain Joey's death? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Took a deep breath and started sewing. Yeah. <laughs> At her funeral, she's buried next to Kincaid and Joey, and in front of 
Nancy and mm. her father. Yeah. 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 Alice and Rick watch home videos of the crew hanging out together. Alice tells Rick that she saw it happen in her dream, but he doesn't want to really hear about it and that she feels different. Something happened in the dream and now it's like a part of her is is with her. Yeah. And this replaces a scene in the script where everybody talks about Kristen's death. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they isolate. That's the other thing is they isolate kind of none of the kids really, there's no scene where they all hang out together. Yeah. They all hang out in tiny little silos. Yeah. Even though they're all friends. So it doesn't have that dream warriors vibe of like, we're a group of kids fighting against this thing. And each little silo doesn't have the chemistry of dream warriors. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that in the screenplay, there's a lot more interaction and they hang out a lot more together. And I think it, I think that that's a better version of the movie. Yeah. At school, Alice talks to Sheila in the bathroom. They have matching luggage. Yeah. But Sheila's is because she was up studying, not because she had bad Mm. dreams. Sheila has made an electric device to scare off bugs for Deb, a zapper, which will never be used in real life. Yeah. (laughs) And also, like, it's so subtle that Deb doesn't like bugs. You know what I mean? No, well, there's the scene. There's, yeah, the tiny. And then we've got this. So we've got a couple of different things. But it's like. She screams at a cockroach. Do you know that she works out? (laughs) Yeah. I knew she worked out a little bit more than the bugs. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, Can I just say, like, speaking of the changes for the script, why do you think you did it? If the script seems so solid, why would it change? The script is still not solid. Don't get me wrong. The script is still not good. Right. But what I'm saying to you is that, that well, it's a rush of production. So things are changing all That's the time. That's right. Right. So it's they like started without him. They yeah. started without him. Started yeah. shooting special effects lots of, without him. Lots There's of lots shit of is fucked. Yeah. Things just change, and and then they decide that they decide to remove information from one scene or shoot something a completely different way because also Rennie Harlan is Rennie Harlan's coming into this movie and having to make up all the nightmares on his own. Yeah. Right. So and then how do they connect to each other? And so the movie does devolve into a series of special effects sequences that just yeah that are very loosely connected to each other like it doesn't the kills were pretty solid but nowhere near as solid as dream warriors mm-hmm. i think in general if they had had all the teenagers hang out more we would have cared more about care the more characters because yeah. that's yeah. kind of the main thing that's missing compared to the other and ones because in all the-, the other ones you do get that camaraderie between yeah. our characters whereas this time it's like you get alice yeah. yeah, even everybody dream- else is just there to be killed, and the writing is just not up to par. The writing mm. is absolutely positively yeah. not up to par. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the like production was rushed and writers strike and everything. But even with all of that stuff, the writing is just not as good as it is in the first three movies. Yeah, it's just true. like reading the screenplay, I'm like, it's just not as good, well written. So as well written is like the hacky shit that fucking what's his name wrote in, in two. Yeah, uh, David Chaskin. Yeah, yeah, the the hack shit that, that David Chaskin wrote in two is better than where all that stuff where he's trying to be clever. Yeah. yeah. That is better than what is written in the screenplay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sheila leaves. Alice goes to light a cigarette and then mm. she's like, I don't smoke. I like that though. Yeah. yeah. In class, they uh, have an exam. Sheila's answers start moving around on the page on their own. Mm. And then we get learning is fun with Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, I, I like this because it's not Freddie coming to the real life. It's the daydreaming. So he's like, it can happen anytime can anywhere, happen any, and anytime. he won't be seen. No. Yeah. There's a really fun little detail. It, when the teacher goes back and sits down, she picks up an apple. 
Ah. Which we'll come back in a second. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So Sheila tries to wipe the blood away, but it ends up kind of forming a puddle and then her hand is pulled into the puddle. Mm. And then when she pulls it out, there's a mechanical robot Freddy hand that comes out and grabs her <laughs> <Yeah>. face. <laughs> Again, this is just Rennie Harlan going ham. Yeah, it's like, super weird. Let's do a robot hand. Yeah. Alice goes to get her, but she gets locked into her desk chair. I like that touch yeah. too. And around them, the other kids are just going on doing their exam like nothing is happening. Mm. And then Freddie's sitting at the teacher's desk, cutting the apple <laughs> with his cloth. I was very surprised that it was able to cut the apple. I was like, oh, okay, they've got a Freddie hand that's actually sharp. Oh, yeah, there is a sharp one. They yeah. use the sharp one. They, they have like multiple ones, but there is one that is like a real, I will kill you hand. <laughs> Um, he walks over to them. There is a beautiful shot of the shadow of the knives of his glove across Alice's face. Mm. This like oh, Nosferatu shadow hand that Love is just that. incredible. He, Freddie takes off Sheila's glasses. Yeah. <laughs> You're so pretty without your glasses. <laughs> oh, so silly. Brushes her lip with his finger and then uh, wiggles his tongue. Yeah. At her between the blades. Always with the tongue. Wanna suck the face? No. Yeah. <laughs> In the script, the line is, wanna suck me sideways? Oh, yep. I, it's a good change. Yep. Freddie grabs her face and kisses her and then sucks the life out of her until she looks like a blow-up doll with no air in it. See, the, the effects for this I felt were a bit weak. Uh, I think they're fine. In the real world, Sheila's having an asthma attack yeah. and then just dies. And then her soul passes through Alice. We don't see it, but it knocks her down. Mm. And she picks up the uh, bug zapper. Everyone watches as her body is taken away. Asthma attack. I got it. What 17-year-old has fatal asthma? Thought she was going to be a doctor. It was Freddy. Enough with that crap! I saw it. It was my dream. I brought Sheila in. Oh, God. I brought Sheila in like Kristen did with me. No, don't! I gave Sheila to him! And now she's... Hey, Rick, I really think Kristen's story's getting to her. Dan, I really don't know if it's a story. Look at us. We're dropping off like flies here. But, like, no one else takes stock of that. You know what I mean? Like, that's what pisses me off about, like, some of these movies. Like, with so many deaths, how is that not, like... National news. Yeah. Or, like, one of the parents Ratchet who were involved death. go, yeah, okay, I'm starting to believe you. Yeah. Alice takes photos off her mirror, and her hair is starting to look really good, really healthy. Maybe a little, <laughs> maybe a little blonder? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cut here is a deleted scene where Alice actually has a nightmare about her father being Freddy, which is an interesting idea. Ah. And a conversation with Rick about her nightmares where she, where he asks her, doesn't the dream master work for you anymore? And Alice says, I can't find him. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, as in like work is in like is useful. Yeah. Not, uh, not as a job. Yeah, sure. Sorry. Not, I was not as a job. <laughs> But she can't find the Dream Master. Yeah. So the Dream Master's meant to be a real guy? Oh, uh, yeah. They also talk about uh, Kristen and Alice says, I miss her too. She gave me her ability and I don't know how to use it. I can bring people into my dreams, but I can't protect them. 
Yeah, it does feel like they should have just not killed off Kincaid and, and had her go find mm, him. Find out information from somebody, yeah. right? In the script, she does go find out information from somebody. Hey. I'll talk about it when we get to it. Mm. Is it the doctor from the last movie? <gasps> no, it's not oh. Craig Watson. Yeah, and then she says, I'll be insane before I can figure it out. The only thing I'm sure of is that I can't go to sleep, not while he's using me. And then Rick says, then I'll stay, we'll stay up together. Mm. Hey, they were going to do the thing again. Yeah. Was he going to fall asleep? <laughs> no, no, no. So um, later on in the movie, Rick says, I've been staying up with Alice. Right. When he's talking to Dan. Yeah, right? I remember that. So in the locker room. It, yeah. Yeah, it was just set up. But it's set up better that they're, they're staying up together because they're brother and sister and he's trying to take care of her. Yeah. Dan goes to the to the diner and asks to get some gum. <laughs> While he's on a date, as we will find out, yeah. <laughs> they stopped on their way to a drive-in so that Dan could get some gum. Yeah, and flirt with the girl working there. Yeah. So he <laughs> and also, he couldn't get gum from the drive-in? No. He had to go and see Alice. Um, so he he asked where she's been. He hasn't seen her around. She's been working double shifts. She can't sleep or else someone else might die. In the script, she says she's been awake for three days. And then, yeah, Dan State comes in and is like, I'm going to be the driver. Yeah. <laughs> At school, in the locker rooms, Dan defends Rick's honor from a kid who's talking smack about Alice being a basket case. Yeah. Uh, Rick has been up with Alice and has not slept, as I said. Um, and Rick thinks that she might be right about Freddie. You ever look at our town's history, not a safe place to be a teenager. Thank you. Fucking thank you. Someone has said this that like actually hasn't experienced Freddie yet. You yes. know what I mean? Uh, if I'm next, watch your back, man. <laughs> Fucking great. Guess what? You're next. Yeah. In class, Alice struggles to stay awake as a teacher drones on about Aristotle. Where were we? Every society... Dating back to the ancients has had theories regarding dreams, what they mean, how to control them. Aristotle believed that during sleep, your soul roams free. What it sees are dreams. The skilled dreamers, well, they're able to control what they see. There's in fact a myth that there's two gates your soul can enter. One is a positive gate, the other a negative gate. The key element is that there's a dream master someone who guards the positive gate and in fact protects the sleeping host. So they like this teacher sure <laughs> seems like they could be useful to have a chat with. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. Yeah. I want you to remember this dialogue, by the way, this teacher also seems like, uh, didn't he used to be that guy in the, the bartender in that SM club downtown? Oh really? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's Bob Shea. Of course it oh. is. It's Bob Shea in his second nightmare appearance. <laughs> That's mad. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, he'd definitely be he used to work in that, He used to work in that <laughs> S&M bar downtown. What I want to know is, A, like I've heard of lucid dreaming before, but did Aristotle talk about dreams at I all? I think that that's, that's, um, that's, yeah, I think that he must have. Okay, because like I love how movies are just like, yeah, we'll say Aristotle said it. It's a quote from Lincoln. He's <laughs> <laughs> big into dreams. Yeah, big into dreams. Slaves well, and dreams. Mary, Mary Todd Lincoln famously held seances at the White House. Uh-huh. Talked about dead children. <laughs> she, was, she was part of the spiritualism movement. That was popular right here. Uh, <laughs> Alice drifts off in class, and so does Rick on the toilet. Oh, worst way to go. I'm so Jesus sorry. Christ. The stall door opens and a bunch of cheerleaders come yeah. in. Alice and his sister. And his sister. Alice That's the them. moment I start panicking. But then the cheerleaders kind of drag Alice away. Like it's Freddie yeah. separating Alice from, from Rick. Like, yeah. oh, you brought me Rick. Now I'm yeah. getting rid of it. The bathroom goes like all nightmarish. It's yeah. all covered in graffiti and stuff. 
as um, Rick exits the stall, in the mirror, we can see Rick's reflection of himself asleep yeah. on the toilet. Kristen is there as well, looking at him in the mirror, and when she turns around, her face is burnt, but only in the bathroom, not in the reflection. Uh, How? It's got to be two different people, right? No. Oh, wait, because he's still in it as well. Yep. There is no mirror. It's a double set. Oh, because you're seeing the back of his head. Yep. Oh, that's so clean. And the back of of her head. So the real Rick is sitting on the toilet. The real Kristen is standing on the other side of the mirror. The people that we're seeing the behind of are doubles. That's awesome. Yep. That's so, so when clean. Turns, so when the Christian, it's just timed. So when the Christian turns around, the one in on our side of the mirror is already in burnt makeup. See, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird because the visual effects in this movie are so polished. It's you so know how clever. we po- talked about the polish of last movie? Yeah, yeah. But I don't understand how a director or even just a film crew who can put so much polish on those difficult technical things. You, not everybody is good at everything. There are directors that yeah. are there are directors that are visualists that are great at putting an image together but can't fucking join the dots of a story if their life depended on it. I can't direct actors very well. Yeah, the, fair. Like it depends on what your skill set is. Not everybody is technically proficient, creatively proficient, dramaturgically yeah. proficient. Yeah. Like it's just it's a different it's a different thing. True. Strengths and weaknesses, man. Yeah. There's okay. some directors that don't care and give a fuck about what the camera is doing. They yeah. just want to direct the actors and to make then make the story happen. And they let their DOP choose lens lenses and light and all that kind yeah, of stuff true. to execute what they've talked what they've talked about. Yep. There are some directors that are like, put the twenty four on and leave it right? on. <laughs> put the twenty the twenty four lens on. We're going to move exactly three feet from here to here. We're going to rack. This is going to happen. This person's going to move from here. Yeah, to that side. would it's kill my brain. Right? So there's different direct types of directors. Rennie Harlan is very technically proficient at yeah. this point at this point of time. The crew that have been doing that are doing all the effects work have been working together over the course of many movies. True. It is kind of like the James Bond movies in that in that sense, in that it's this it's the same crew members over and over and over again. Oh, I didn't know that about James Bond. That's sick. Yeah. James Bond James Bond is essentially a company. That's mad. A production company, right? Eon basically used the same people. People came up from being an art director to being a production designer. The Fuck yeah. the Chris Colbord who does the the physical effects for James Bond movies. So, you know, like um uh like flipping cars. Flipping cars and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He's worked on those movies since since the late seventies. Mad. It's the same people. I mean, that's the way to do it. Yeah. That's like taking care of people and the movies. And and also they had full those people had full time jobs because they kept making those movies back to back to back to back to back. That's done. In the sixties and seventies. Now there's like six, seven years between movies, people go off and do other things. Yeah. But back then it was like a company that just made James Bond movies. There is a crew here on these new line movies that just make Freddy Krueger movies. Yeah, fair. Right. He steps back into the stall and it's an elevator going down, it starts to fall. So remember when Rick was claustrophobic? Uh, yeah. In the screenplay? It doesn't play much into what his action is. Okay, so originally there is a whole sequence written where the floor of the elevator falls away and then the shaft warps and stretches and squeezes mm. him. But they ran out of money. <laughs> so instead we get Rick fighting Invisible Freddy in a cheap set with no walls, curtains, and a cloud-painted backdrop. No Freddy either. And no Freddy because... They had no money. 
This is fucking a true warrior needs no set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, holy shit. Oh my God, that was the so saddest. The, the this thing is probably you the think is lame. scene I've seen in any movie. The thing that you think is lame is lame on purpose. Be- well, not lame on purpose. Is lame because they'd spent all their money elsewhere. They couldn't afford to do the effect and they ran out of time. And so they just put up some fucking curtains. Even the actor is like, I had been training for weeks to have a fight with Freddie. Really? And then when I got to set, they were like, ah, oh, just do some big kicks and some round ha- and some roundhouses. That. That still is surprising to hear because, like, he doesn't seem that talented or coordinated. Yeah, he's, he's like, he, but he's not meant to be. He's not meant to be fucking Bruce Lee. He's, he's, a, teenager be, he's a teenager who with some martial arts skills. Yeah, he was me at that age. Yeah, it's, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it is Thinking probably. I would say that this is the lamest kill in all of the all of the movies. Fucking oh, yeah, so lamest he, kill, lamest scene in. Freddy's not even in all it. the movies we watched. In it. His glove gets kicked off and then his glove moves on its own and stabs him. And yeah. that's, the end of, that's the end of Rick. Yeah. yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Alice jolts awake as his soul hits her and the windows in the classroom she's in explode like there can be only one. Yeah, true. <laughs> this movie's so influenced by Highlander. You reckon? Oh, oh yeah. fuck yeah. Russell Mulcahy. R- Rennie Harlan, oh, I yeah. guarantee you, is a Russell Mulcahy They fan. die Absolutely. and the powers keep being absorbed. Holy shit, is this a Highlander sequel? This is the, <laughs> this is the secret Highlander movie. Holy fuck. Freddy's yeah. just a Highlander. It's the glass blocks explode in the exact same fucking way as Highlander. Yes. Like it's not, it's so completely. Their influence, what it is, is a massive influence, right? So yeah. Russell Mulcahy is doing, doing his music video stuff. Rennie Harlan and loves Hong Kong action cinema. Yeah. And it's all those things just being brought into a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. That kind of makes me <laughs> really like it a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> <laughs> At Rick's funeral, Alice daydreams him getting out of the coffin. Hello, baby. <laughs> yeah. See, this is weird because it almost breaks the logic because like after they get killed in a dream, they don't really. But she's daydreaming. It's her fantasy. Yes, it's not actually him. Yeah, Yeah. okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, No more daydreams. And then he gets back into the coffin saying goodnight. (laughs) Alice, Deb, and Dan talk afterwards. Alice thinks that this is her war to fight, and Deb tells her that they all have to survive. Um, They won't. Uh, (laughs) She she doesn't spend hours working out (laughs) to let some night stalker beat her. Did you guys know that Deb works out? (laughs) Yeah, apparently. I've heard this. Um, And uh, hates bugs. Alice (laughs) wants them to meet tonight to come up with a plan, and Dan will pick her up from the diner at eight. Deb gives Alice a studded bracelet as a good luck charm that brings bad luck to creeps that you flatten with. And then she She shouldn't have done that. And then, uh, yeah, I know, right? And then Alice tells Deb, this is it, mind over matter. Yeah. She leaves, and then Deb says, Mind over matter? Sheila used to say that. God, every day she changes. No. It's after every death. Yeah, just to make sure that if you hadn't caught on. Yeah, yeah that is what a writer calls putting a hat on a hat <laughs> <laughs> or hanging a lantern on it. Um, in the script, it plays out di- it plays out differently. They're all on board that this is Freddy and talk about telling someone but feeling like nobody will believe them, mm. like going to the cops. And then after Alice leaves, Dan and Deb do go and talk to somebody. Hey. They go and talk to a hippie teacher named Bryson that tells them all of the fucking Aristotle dialogue. Hey. There was meant to be not background dialogue, meant to be actual exposition. That makes so much more sense. Yeah. And then when the kids, when they tell him about Freddie, the hippie teacher says to them, just say no. (laughs) 
<laughs> the teacher oh, doesn't no. believe them. Jesus. And says, just say no. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Yep. Like, surely if you come to a teacher, surely if you go to anyone who's not a believer and you go, hey, see all of these deaths that have had a kind of link, it's out there. Don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Alice takes more photos off the mirror and then takes Nick's <laughs> nunchucks out of a drawer. Offensive weapon. She starts flipping them around and holy shit, she has moves. Does the she? best one is how her hair gets so much bigger. Yeah. <laughs> when you look at her from behind. Yeah. Then how she gets those man hands. Yeah. It's weird. The man hands were what did it for me. But like, why can't she just fling some nunchucks around? Because she can't do it that quickly. Oh, okay. So she she probably actually couldn't do those moves. Ah, yeah. that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. It, it didn't a, seem it like a, that it, difficult. It is a stunt man. With broad shoulders in a wing with yeah, their hands. Yeah, but like it's weird to me that she couldn't have just done it for the film. Because it's, uh, because it's no difficult. time to train her and we've got to. It's not so that difficult. To do it behind her back and stuff ah, quickly. Yeah, yeah it, is, it takes time and practice. Can and you don't do have it? Time. Yeah, I have nunchucks at home. Yeah. Could you do it the very first time you picked <laughs> them up? To be fair, they're padded, so like I fucked around. Yeah, okay, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> she goes to leave the house and her dad, drunk, wants her to stay in. He begs her not to go because he lost Rick and he doesn't want to lose her. So she does stay. Debbie's going to get her sweat on before she they have that meeting. Do you guys know that Deb works out? I've heard that before, actually. <laughs> Alice ricks out the uh, second story window. Yeah, she so does. So she can get to it. Dan isn't at the diner, so she wanders over to a movie theater, buys a ticket and goes on in. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, what is the This scene confused in me a movie? little bit more than others. I love this scene. I think this is really fun. Like, the logic of her going into the theatre doesn't make any sense, yeah. but this is really fun. So, the scene know, itself is cool. For mm. starters, this theatre is the Rialto in South Pasadena. Oh! It did sound... It did, the name did sound There familiar. is another movie that uses the same theatre that has a connection to Nightmare on Elm Street. Can you guess it, Kira? <sighs> I knew you were going to throw that to me. It's a horror movie from the 90s, and the sequence that was shot in this theater is fucking iconic. Why do I know the Rialto? Would I know what Kira's thinking for? I don't know. Horror movie in the 90s. In the 90s. It has a scene set in a cinema. Scream? I mean, yeah, but no, I don't think that one. That feels too obvious. I don't know. Give me a hint. I did. It's a movie shot in the 90s. It has a sequence there, that, sequence there that is iconic in the movie theatre. It's the opening sequence of the movie. Uh, I, I think I can even picture it, but I've got I nothing. Can I tell you who's in it? It's got Jada Pinkett Smith in it. Oh. Uh. And uh, Omar Epps, I think. Nah, you lost me by telling me who's in it. I'm bad at titles. It's Scream 2. Oh, but you've had a It's Scream Fuck, 2, directed by Wes Craven. Yeah, Fuck. that makes sense. Yeah. How cool is that? The um, Rialto is a famous fil- uh, cinema, though, isn't it? No, not really. It's a common name for cinemas. Oh, it okay. It so happens that there is one in South Pasadena. That I, I fucking know. knew. I fucking knew it was Scream, and you, like, made me think it wasn't because I was like, ah, oh, Scream? Like, if you had said Scream 2, I would have thought you were right, but you didn't say Scream 2. Yeah, I know. Scream. <sighs> Scream's blur altogether for me. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. There's a Rialto in Cape Side. Yeah, of course there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alice takes a seat in the balcony section with her popcorn and her Pepsi, mm. which is Pepsi. why Kristen probably wasn't drinking Coke earlier. Ah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Why didn't they just have a drinking Pepsi then? I don't know. Because maybe they hadn't made the deal for the endorsement uh. by then. Mm. As she watches on screen, 
there is an abandoned version of the Craven in black and white, and the wind kicks up. <laughs> yeah, I know. The wind kicks up on screen. It also kicks up in the theater as well. Her popcorn starts floating away towards the screen, as does her her beverage. And then she begins to fall towards the screen out of her chair as the people around her don't move. She's hanging onto her chair and then the edge of the balcony before she lets go and falls through the screen of the movie, Mm. which is amazing. Obviously you're going to tell us, but I'm going to ask anyway, how did they do all of this game? I was going to ask you, how did they do this? It's got to be just a picture that she falls towards, right? I was actually actually thinking more the the popcorn and the drink and The popcorn and the drink and the falling... Where everybody else is just sitting normally. I mean, it could be on it. It could be a like tilted set, and the other people are strapped into their chairs. Yes, it's a rig that goes. I got it from well horizontal. Done. It's a rig of the balcony that goes from horizontal to, to vertical. Everybody else is strapped in with their hair sprayed down and their popcorn glued together, so it doesn't. Ah, uh, that's <laughs> what I was tripped up on. I was if like, you how look the closely at the extras, you can see them trying to hold themselves in positions that are very unnatural uh, because they are hanging. Forwards. Right. Yeah. So they are extras as well. Yeah, yeah. Because when they look be, back and it's the other guys well, that died. They're not, they're not in the in, in to begin with. When she looks back, which I'll talk about in a second, yeah. it is, yeah. Okay, because I thought like maybe that was them yeah. the whole so, time, which would have been cool. So yeah, so um, her falling through the screen is just, a, there's a composite. It's just um, remarkably yeah. well-timed. Yeah. Right? Alice does look back at the audience through the door of the diner. They stand and applaud. Is everybody that's died so far? At least it's their stand-ins or doubles because it's none of the actual cast. Oh, really? Oh, not even one of them. Nope. They're all just, okay. If you look, if you look closely, it's just their doubles. They're, they're oh, doubles in, awesome. their, in, their co- in their costumes. I love the switch between kind of black and white and color in this sequence. Yeah. It doesn't stay consistent. Sometimes Alice is in color and then, so, and then she's in black, black and white. It is 100% Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it's really Nightmare cool. on Street like Wizard it. of Oz. Uh, it's not the first Wizard of Oz reference we will get in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. There is one that is way less subtle coming. (laughs) The diner's in pretty bad shape and working behind the counter is old Alice in makeup. That is Lisa Wilcox in in makeup. Is it actually her? Yeah, it's actually her. Yeah, right, okay. She asked young Alice what it'll be. Uh, I don't want to be here forever. (laughs) (laughs) Freddie slides into the seat next to her. If the food doesn't kill you, the service will. Old Alice brings back a pizza, but the pepperoni is the souls of the dead children. This was great. This is so dumb, but I was fucking, I loved it. Rick, you little meatball. <laughs> so we haven't talked much about effects yet, but I, but I will a little bit now. Uh, we talked about makeup, but actual effects. So pretty much every single effect sequence was created by a different company and a different oh. guy overseeing that. Much more like movies are made today where a visual effects Movie a movie a lot of visual effects will be broken and given to different companies to so all that be made they have the more time. so that they've all got more so they've all got more time so fascinating returning in charge of a lot of the mechanical effects was Jim Doyle who had worked on every nightmare including the first one he was the guy whose girlfriend was in the pool and he was underneath Nancy yep yep um, in the tub Peter Chesney who worked on the last three um, this effect was created by John Carl Beekler we've talked about him before a long time ago he created the effects for trances oh fuck hey. yeah he's also, man. Le- he's also a legend I talked more about movies that he'd worked on um, uh, when we when we did trances. So yeah, this is a giant pizza with mm. all of the actors made up and sticking their faces yeah, through it so that the they can be Yeah, behind the toppings. scenes, this is fantastic. Is it? <laughs> so good. Because it's a giant pizza and people sticking their heads through it. How could it not <laughs> be fantastic? Like, 
fantastic. This is like a fucking like a three meter wide pizza. Oh, I it is, love that. It's massive. Um, Imagine filming that. You'd, exactly. You'd have the best when, day. when Freddy stabs Rick in the face, it's a giant claw. Yes. It's reverse photography, but it's a giant claw. That's so sick. I love soul food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bring me more. The doors blow open, and through the doors of the diner, we see. Deb working out. This is great. I love that he says, bring me more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wasn't going to do it every single time. How long it's been since we've had a good run? I'm sorry. (laughs) Your shift is over. He flicks his glove and she wakes up. Yeah. Yeah, It's really cool. Alice runs around the corner of the diner to Dan. Come on, we have to hurry. I'm driving. We gotta stop. I'm with you on this thing. When does Dan get into a dream? He's been asleep the whole time. Huh? Not huh? the whole movie. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Uh, in the car? Yeah, yeah, right. right. Whatever, I don't know. Who knows? While he was waiting? Yeah, okay. I don't know. This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. When is it real? When did Alice go? Because the way this plays out, when did Alice actually get to Dan and get in the car? Yeah, true. doesn't matter. Yeah, I suppose. They get to the house. Alice gets out of the truck and runs and then comes around the corner of the diner. Come on, we have to hurry. What's going on? I'm driving. To find Dan standing in the I love this. When it first happened, I was like, Oh, did I skip back somehow? Like, where's my remote? That's so good. <laughs> Deb is doing chest presses because she likes to work out. And Wait, Deb, she works out? Yeah. Oh, she's not the one that hates bugs though, right? Yeah, she is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> We've been going for a long time. We don't have time for bits. <laughs> No, wait, let me correct that. We don't have time for you to do pizza. Yes, fair, 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 The fair, thing fair. is, is that Brody pay, pays so little attention in our conversations that it is completely believable that at this point he wouldn't know that Dad works out or doesn't like bugs. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that's what... Did you think I... I was concerned okay. for a second. Ah, yes. That you'd mixed her up for a different character or something. Oh, I 100% could have. <laughs> Freddie jumps in to uh, spot her as she's doing a chest press. <laughs> I don't believe in you. I believe in you. They fight for control of the weights. Deb loses. Elbows. This is I don't like oh, this. Oh, it's so good. This is my favorite kill. Oh, in, this, in the movie. Actually, yeah. I it understand, is, but this cool. is one of my favorite kills in the whole series. What about how when she just before he starts spotting her, he she puts the weights up and, and you can see he's reflecting. So yeah, nice. So uh, I really don't like body horror. It's just it's I just, just not, don't like yeah. it. Uh, I actually very, love it. Very clearly inspired by the fly. Yeah. yeah. She she sits up. Her arms flop around. I love the like the the kind of meaty mm. floppiness ah. of the arms before falling off to reveal cockroach arms. She runs screaming. 
There's this fucking incredible shot. She runs screaming out of frame. Freddie throws the weights at camera mm. and it turns out we're looking in the reflection of a mirror that shatters. Mm. Yeah. Like it is such a fucking great shot. Deb ends up running around inside of a roach motel. Yes. <laughs> Dan and Alice loop again. Come on, we have to hurry. I'm driving. Can I just say that was such a good reference in the review of like Kafka esque metamorph- yeah. metamorphoses? Yeah, metamorph- yeah. 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 Um, fucking such a good spot. I didn't even think about it. I feel like Alice should have been the one to to figure it out. To figure it out first. Yeah. Yeah. Being as she's like the one that's turning into a superhero. Yeah. yeah. Deb's feet are sticking to the floor inside the Roach Motel, and then. Someone has picked up the motel because at the end of it, we can see the uh, Deb's workout space. The motion causes her to fall over. Her face gets stuck and then she tries to pull out. <gasps> yes, I've got about this. Ah. She, she tries to pull her hands out with her face. No, I'll pull my arms out with my face. And then her face slides off and she is full cockroach. Ah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, and Al- Dan and Alice loop again. Alice has figured it out that they're both asleep. Freddie looks into the Roach Motel, his giant eyeball. Yeah. So this is a set designed with a massive rear projection screen. So this is all done in camera. Oh, I assumed it would have just been like That's so cool. Somehow after. No, it's just rear projection. So that footage is just shot beforehand and it's being projected into the into the space. That oh, that's so, so much cool. easier. The exact same as the doorway outside of the Craven. Fuck. And this old school movie techniques. Yeah. You can check in, but you can't check out. <laughs> Freddie squashes the motel and Deb goo cannons out of it. So fucking clean. So the Roach Motel sequence was created by Screaming Mad George. Okay. That's an excellent We've name. We've talked about Screaming Mad George before. He worked on Predator, Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. He also co-directed The Giver with oh. Steve Wang, who later directed Giver Dark Hero. What what fucking absolute geniuses. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking so miss that movie Screaming so Mad much. George. Yeah. Alice feels the soul of Deb. She's collected Deb just like the others. They see Kruger in the road ahead. Mm. She punches it. What... Wait, I will talk about it in a second. And the truck smashes around nothing. Yeah. It's like... How? Why why would he be... Oh, the effect. How is that done? How is that done, Brody? Okay, give me a sec here. There's something... It folds... two sides. It folds... The truck folds around something like it is running into a tree or a telegraph pole or a Fred Krueger. Can't be like a blue or green screen, right? No possible Those, way. That technology exists, but that's... That wouldn't be interesting do enough they, for them to ask you. This is definitely not it, but do they do it twice and, like, there's something hidden on one side? Damn it. Um, is there a see-through pole? No. Is it Invisible that, that, things is exist. Is it that thing with the... Um, where they mechanically 
yes. designed to, and you pull. And so, what you were making a reference to is something that we talked about recently, which is Christine, which also features a sequence where a car is kind of dismantled or put back together. Right. So, what it is is that the car is the car is built, it's pre-broken and oh, scored. Right. Yeah. And so there is a cable that, or many cables that are connected to the to the uh, the fender and the front of the front of the car. And what they do is they run the tr- they run the truck on a second on a second cable longer than the f- than the f- than the first cable. Yeah. And when it reaches the end, it stops the truck dramatically and folds everything in. Yes. So it's actually being pulled in from behind as opposed to being impacted from the front. That's fucking wild. Yes. That's so wild. In the, the fact w- that it looks similar to what we're trying to recreate is so sick. Yeah. In the wide shot, you can see the cables. <laughs> of course you can. Oh, that because technique of- is sick. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yep. Does anyone do anything like that anymore no. at all, ever? <sighs> Not really. Not like that. Because the that thing effect is, is, the, is done the thing in is, is so the, much. The thing is, is that if you fuck it up, you have to build a whole new one. Yeah. Yeah, true. Well, that's the thing. But that's the thing these days. I agree. But I feel like building cars, like the, like think about fucking Michael Bay, like destroying a thousand cars Bay, and Bay exploding them. Bay's old school. Bay doesn't, doesn't, doesn't count. So he still does shit like that. He does that. shit for real. I mean, ambulance is fucking insane. Yeah. There is some, there is visual effects in the movie. He uses a lot of visual effects to like del- delete things or, or make things yeah. more dangerous than they are. But he also then just like, you know, he also puts people's lives a little bit in danger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's fair. a behind the scenes shot over like an ambulance, of the ambulance like crashing where, it hits the camera dolly. It hits the dolly. Oh, heck! Like crew members barely get out of the way. Ah. It's just like you can't run a set like that. You I mean, but be, I would love to be on you can't that be set. That loose. You can't yeah, be that loose. As a but like also, also as a crew trans- guy, like don't you want to be on that on set? Transformers Two. Yes. On a Transformers Two, an extra was permanently disabled Ooh. by a cable that snapped, that then went through her car and hit and hit her. Oh, right. Yeah, so that's why that's you don't. No. Oh. So yes, you can still do practical practical effects, but you've got to be safe about you it. Do yeah, it. do it. Smart. Do the right thing. Nobody nobody should get should get hurt like that. Making a making a movie. Yeah. In the real world, they've hit a tree and Dan's in bad shape. She's fine. I guess she was wearing a seatbelt. Or something. Such a good kill though. An ambulance. Well, it's not a kill. Yeah. Well, you An know, ambulance takes uh, them away. She won't let them knock him out. She tells him not to let um, them put her put him to sleep at the yeah. hospital. This Ambo in the back though is such a dick. <laughs> a a dick. Yeah. Why didn't you tell me he was allergic? Yeah. At the hospital, she asks when surgery is. She's got fifteen minutes, and then she steals her dad's keys and she's out. Yeah. <laughs> Rick's parents are there as well, and she just bolts, and steals yeah. the car. Gear up, montage time. Yay. I will say that, like, this isn't the greatest gear out montage, but I really appreciated it. It's really fun. Yeah. From the script. All of the things that I've talked about that are in the script that are kind of in the movie, but then got repurposed and don't make any sense. Mm. Uh, This is where they all make sense. If you read the screenplay. Alice walks to the mirror. Her eyes travel over the tokens she's collected from her friends. She starts to power up. She takes (laughs) Sheila's gadget, which she's improved, and hangs it around her neck. She takes Debbie's studded bracelet and snaps it around her wrist. Lastly, she takes Rick's oriental bandana and ties it like an Amazonian around her forearm. She hoists a gun. She has her father's gun. Ah. Right, but she sees her reflection in the mirror. Something's very different. The pills are starting to take effect. She grabs her forehead. Looking back in the mirror, she's strong, confident, ready to accept her destiny. With forceful determination, she tears the rest of the pictures off her mirror. What she sees makes her gasp. Her reflection. 
it's Alice alright, but everything's turbocharged. She's leaner, meaner, her clothes are tighter, more battle-like, everything's accented. The gadget around her neck is now a super high assault amulet. The bracelet has spikes instead of studs and seems to be made of shining titanium. This is no high school girl. This is no dream warrior. This is the dream master. Ancient guardian of the gate of good dreams. Alice speaks to her reflection. Her reflection speaks back. So, Why didn't they do this? So... Our Alice says, now I lay me down to sleep, and her reflection says back, the master of dreams, my soul to keep. Our Alice says, in the reflection of my mind's eye, the reflection says, evil will see itself and shall die. And Alice says, fucking A. Why the fuck yeah, didn't they do this? Yeah, this makes so much more sense. So the, it is, we're searching for the dream master. Who is the dream master? What is a dream master? It's this guardian between the, the positive gate and the negative gate. We never see the gate, so who gives a fuck about yeah. that, right? But then we, the movie tells us, that Alice is the dream that Alice is the dream master. She becomes the dream master. But there's still enough in the current movie that that scene would make sense. Yes. And it just pisses me off that they still do it but they don't so give they just her defang, the strength. They just defang it and they make it less, they make it less, yeah. less, less interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and then her reflection tells her to save the gun. You don't need the gun. Save it for Rambo and she tosses the gun aside. <laughs> That's fucking dope. Right. So in the movie, she just puts on some tighter clothes. <laughs> yeah. She put on some clothes. There was one thing that she didn't get from anyone that she put around her like ankle. Uh, yeah, like a little like a little bracelet. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was like, I she don't just, know where that came from, but anyway. like, all right. So uh, I would prefer to see the, the power up. 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Actual dream Guardian. But yeah. like, look, gearing up montage, still gearing yeah, still up montage. Time. Didn't hate it. So she dives through the mirror into the surgery, which I think is a voice that was a good gag. Yeah. Alice yells, get away from him, you son of a bitch. We've heard that. Get away from her, you bitch. That's hey. right, alien. There is a direct line between Ripley and aliens and Alice. Absolutely, 100%. I should have known that. Yeah, it's finished James Cameron. Yeah. She grabs Dan, who's fine in the dream, of course, mm. um, and they end up in a Funland ride with the revolving kaleidoscope barrels. Yeah. Freddie spins them and then they fall through a stained glass window. Yeah, I didn't know. At the end of the yeah. connects it to the church. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because they end up in an abandoned church. I thought at one point they were like in the furnace and I was like, oh, fire's going to start coming out. That'll no, be we're sick. In, we're in someplace new that we've never been, yeah. to, been to before, which is this um this abandoned church, which again, uh, it's Rennie Harlan. John Wooey. Doing, a John, doing yeah. a John Wooey. In the balcony, a choir of children repeats the rhyme. And in the real world, they pull Dan out of surgery because he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it actually goes from we need to wake him up, he's hemorrhaging, to him being awake and them going, it's okay, son, you're going to make it. That's what <laughs> I, I thought at one point he was just he was being separated and he was yeah. going to get killed. And then here we go. So the doors of the church blow open and there's Freddy. We get this hero shot of Alice with like a wind blowing in, yeah. the, in the hair. Also, the door is fucking sick. It's also massive. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Wonderland, Alice. Such low hanging fruit. Yeah. She does a bunch of, uh, well, it's, I mean, that's why she's named Alice so that you can do that. True. It's like, 
we planted the fruit. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> right? She does a bunch of unnecessary flipping. So and, good. And kicks. I mean, if you suddenly had Jim Carter skills, you'd do some unnecessary flipping too. Yeah. If you could do flipping like that, you would flip everywhere. You yeah. would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, she kind of tries to kick the shit out of him and he just laughs at her. And yeah, hon- <laughs> yeah he does. honestly, I'm surprised there aren't doves flying through the air in this yeah. thing. I fully, when you said it was like John Wooley, I was like, there were doves flying through the air. Like, like, I misremembered it in yeah. my yeah. mind. Freddie asks her if she thinks she's got what it takes. <laughs> I've been guarding my gate for a long time, bitch. Which makes sense when you yeah. know that she's... Anyway. So he's the guardian of the bad gate and she's, she's the, the guardian, guardian of, of the, the good, good gate. But mm. we never see either of the gates. No. And also it's not... I mean, it's clear that she's the dream master, but we yeah. don't know that the dream master is some ancient guardian. Yeah. They face off gunslinger style <laughs> where he's like flip moving his fingers for his glove and she's she um is putting a hand near the, the zapper. Yeah. She grabs the zapper, pulls a cable out of a breaker box, supercharges it and fires a blast of laser through <laughs> him. We dolly through the hole... In Freddy's we chest, do too, yeah. where we can see his heart beating, and then he just waves the damage away. Yeah. I am eternal. I do love that. He um backhands her, and then the Springwood Children's Choir chooses this moment <laughs> to recite the Dream Master rhyme in full. grabs a piece of shattered uh, stained glass mirror and holds it up to Freddy. <laughs> yeah, should not be a mirror. <laughs> From the screenplay, we zoom down Freddy's innards, which are made up of the struggle of struggling dead kids, the souls all trapped and hanging inside him. They start to break free and scream and cry. Internal church, we travel back through and then emerge out of Freddy's eye. We travel back to reveal Freddy's entire body is pulsing and ripping mm. from within. Alice screams, let them out. The trapped souls begin tearing through Freddy's body, flesh and blood erupting in all directions. Freddy's sweater stretches and rips apart. He doubles Mm. over as his head bulges. All the tiny bodies inside him surge upwards. A tiny hand smashes through one eye. Finally, Freddy's head explodes and freed souls pour out. The force shatters the glass in Alice's hands. She straightens up and watches as the souls swoop around her before zooming out of the broken window. So in the movie, there's actually like more business with the tiny arms coming yeah, out of him. Thank God, because he's fucking see awesome. Kids trying to push their way out of his yeah. chest. This is the effect that Kira wants to yeah, talk about. Yeah, well, I want you to talk about it. Okay. I don't want to talk on, about it, but it's awesome. Yeah. Before we get there, the, sure. the zooming through um, the body and then like yep. all the struggling souls internally mm-hmm. is that like just animation? No. How would it, what kind of animation Still 1988. Still 1988. Yeah, like that's what I couldn't pick. I was like, is it like a tunnel that they're putting a camera through? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But it's not full-sized. It's puppetry. Oh, right. Yeah. Because it didn't feel real. Like that's why I thought it was animation. Nope. I got it. I'm a clever boy. It's special effects. Yeah. It's the stuff they should start shooting without Rennie Holland. Yeah, (laughs) right. Right. Um, Okay. So the, the chest. The so souls are trying to get out of Freddy's chest. Yeah. So there's a couple of different effects. There's there's the um there's the makeup appliance with animatronics in it. Yeah. And then 
there is the 15-foot puppet recreation of Freddy's chest with latex skin That's that sick. they had full-size people pressing themselves <laughs> through. That is so sick. That, what? Oh. This is the set you want to be on. Yeah, fuck, it's so, it looks so good. While they were shooting this, and it uh, wasn't quite as secured as well as it could be, oh, and no. at one point it toppled over <laughs> with a crew member standing on top of the rig. Oh, no. She took, like, a fucking full gainer off the top of this thing. Oh. No one was seriously hurt, but there is behind-the-scenes footage of it. It'd never sleep again. Another random piece of trivia, one of the people that's pressing through is a naked woman. Yeah. Yeah. That is Lena or Leena Quigley. She's a screen queen that started her career in Charles Band movies. Oh, man. <laughs> and is probably most well known for playing a punk called Trash in Return of the Living Dead, a That's... movie in which she spends most of her on-screen time naked in a graveyard. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Never. Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently? I wonder, like... What would be the most horrible way to die? I try not to think about dying too much. Mm. Well, for me, the worst way would be for a bunch of old men to get around me and start fighting and eating me alive. <laughs> Holy shit. So I was just like... Well, that's the same. It's the same lady. Yeah, I've seen her naked in two horror movies. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I don't I think a lot of people that. know that that is that is her pressing through, and they probably know Return of the Living Dead because that yeah. movie rules. But yeah. they probably don't know that that's her. After Freddy explodes, the souls escaping. Thank Alice. She kicks the glove. Rest in hell. And all is well except for all of her dead friends. I can't move on yet. I can't move on yet. Mm-hmm. The fucking hands coming out and like grabbing onto the fence. It's great, isn't it? It's so fucking dope. The way and they're all the coming out at different points and then the one out of the back of the head. Yeah, and when he tries to pull forward yes. and then he pulls it back and his head smacks against the against the uh, the church oh, wall. It's just so satisfying to see it's Freddy good. get fucked up. Yeah, it's really yeah, good. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. This, is probably, I, this might be Freddy's best death. Yeah, yeah. 100% so far that I've so seen. So far, yeah. yeah. I think this might be this might be his best death. At a park, she walks holding hands with Dan. Mm. It's like they're a thing now. Yeah. Um, well, all their friends are dead. So. Yeah. He's been sleeping great. He hasn't. She hasn't got a lot of. He hasn't got a lot of options now. <laughs> Half of the population, of the female population of the school is gone. Yeah. He's been sleeping great. She still has trouble, but she doesn't mind because she has more reasons to be awake now. Yeah. He wants to make a wish in the fountain. She's not really into it. And um, but when he flips a coin, she sees Freddie's reflection. In the ripples. I didn't like that. Because, like, she but, became the dream master. She shouldn't be afraid of him anymore, you know? But we've got to set up the fact that... Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. I wondered how they were going to do it's it. It's okay. We're going to make another one. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to make another three. <laughs> he asks what she wished for, and she says, if I tell you, it won't come true. And then we roll credits to a remix of a Sinead O'Connor song, I Want Your Hands oh. On Me. It's also the, the same song, um, song from when... um. Deb is working out. Do you guys know that Deb works out? I've heard the, that um, before. The second song over the credits is Are You Ready for Freddy by the Fat Boys. <laughs> yeah, it is. In which yeah. Freddy does in fact rap because welcome to the era where every movie had a rap song. Oh, and he he does the Louis Thoreau start to his rap. <laughs> yes. What, 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 how does it start again? Uh, it's a... Uh, Streets the place, you got the time. Listen to this, you'll bust the ride. Ben Cook of the Mix. 
My name's Freddie, and I'm here to say, Freddy. yeah, he yep. fully starts like that. It joins uh, such such wonderful contemporaries as Adam's Family Groove by MC Hammer, The Ninja Rap <laughs> by Vanilla Ice, The Crypt Jam by The Crypt Keeper himself, <laughs> The Monster Squad Rap by Michael Cimbello. I, in fact, have a whole Spotify playlist of them. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. Who were the fucking Fat Boys? The Fat Boys were a rap, were a rap group from the from the, 90, from the Never 90s. heard of them. Yeah, so I also had you guys watch the music video for Are You Ready to Freddy? Yeah. Did you actually watch it? Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, I was like watching this going, what the fuck is this? In which the fat boys have to spend the night in Uncle Freddy's house to inherit now, it. Mark, the terms of your Uncle Frederick's will state that you must spend one night in his uh, house in order to inherit his estate. Now, it is my duty as executor to ensure that you fulfill his request. Do you mean all I have to do is spend one night here and the place is mine? No problem. No problem? Yo, let me ask you a question. Who is this Uncle Frederick anyway? Well, he's from a part of my family never mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Shot on set and it involves like Robert England actually yeah. rapping on camera. It is incredible. Fuck, he's got, a good sport, man. It's also got samples of um of Heather Langenkamp from the first movie saying don't fall asleep. Yes. Yeah. 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 What I didn't show you was the song that was rejected for the soundtrack. Oh, fuck. Rejected? But, yeah, but still released with a disclaimer at the beginning of the music video that it is not associated with Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, this goes hard. Now I have a story that I'd like to tell what? about the guy you all know me as scared as hell. He comes to me at night after Yes, we are looking to A Nightmare on My Street by DJ Jeff, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. <laughs> I fucking know this song. I totally forgot. Oh, I gotta get rid of it I've heard that song so many times. I was the biggest Will Smith fan. Yeah, so they wrote it for Nightmare 4. And it was rejected off the soundtrack and they released it anyway. That goes, permission to it anyway. That goes so much harder. Than, than the Fat Boys? Are you yeah. ready? Are you ready for Freddy? Goes way harder. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah, they made the wrong choice there, yeah. but, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that is uh, No Man on Street Part 4, The Dream Master. An appropriate age to have seen this movie. This one is rated M, so the previous nightmare was rated R. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could probably go younger. I think you could go like more like 10. But don't you reckon even the other ones? But you need to have seen the other ones, so you'd still need to be old. Yeah, true. But do you? Because I don't think I had. Yeah, you Yeah, true. Yeah, I reckon you could reduce it down to like eight with this one. Like it would be scary at nine and ten. Eight, nine, Freddy's ten. so not scary in this movie. It's not. Freddy's just, he's not scary. But like, movie. I mean, when I was like seven, I remember watching the Leslie Nielsen Dracula movie and having nightmares. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've mentioned that before. Yeah, have I? Yes. I don't have that many Dracula's stories. Dracula's dead, dead and loving <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd, I'd go ten. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I was about nine or ten. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. Which is at watch- least to listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Would you watch this movie again if you're in free will? Yes. I think if I was, I could, I could watch this again. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd go out of my way. Okay. Yeah. A rating for Nightmare on Street Part Four: The Dream Master. The way we rate movies is on a five-star scale, with one being I hated this movie, two being I did not like this movie, two and a half being I like parts of this movie. It was fine. Three being I like this movie. Four being I love this movie. Five being this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think this is not going to be a surprise to anyone because of Freddy Fatigue and because some parts of this movie were fucking insanely good. 
but some parts of this movie, like I just, like I said, the middle was rushed and the start was, seemed like well-paced. The end seemed not well-paced. I think oh, I'm tossing up between 2.5 and a 3 because I, I do like this movie. It's a 3. 3? Yeah. Yeah, just. Just. Interesting. And I, I feel bad you, about it. I thought you would have been slightly higher, but yeah. I thought you'd be like a 3.5. Uh, because we've watched so many now, I'm getting more critical of them. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm just going to go four. Yeah. Because it's still Freddy. It's still so Freddy. So I still love yeah. it. You might have a higher one because it's the first one you saw. Yeah. You think? Do you, are you nostalgic really, about I'm, it? I'm not, I'm not really nostalgic about it. Shut up. Oh, okay. <laughs> you are a nostalgic person though. Mm, and you said of. you get that sense of memory. I do reappraise things. Yeah. Like if I watch an old movie that I loved when I was a kid and I watch it now and it's not good, I would I would give it a lower rating. Yeah, but it's still going to have that place in your heart. Mm, yeah, maybe. I think this one is really interesting. It, as we've talked about, it's a fucking mess and they fumbled the Dream Warriors cast. Uh, Freddy's about as scary as a naughty murdering serial, <laughs> serial mascot. <laughs> like he's, he's may as well be Captain Crunch at this point. Plot and dialogue are terrible and the finale is dumb and makes no sense. Um, uh, but I love Alice. Yeah. I really like Alice. I think Alice's journey is really fun. The visuals and the effects and the camera work are incredible and it's a damn good time. It's four and a half. Yeah, yeah okay. That's what I thought. That's what I yeah. thought you'd give it. Yeah. It's a four and a half only because Nightmare 3 is a five. Yeah, so okay. If, That's why I'm so low, because I just watched the best in the fucking sequence as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we're on the downhill slide from here. Oh, really? Yeah. Do they peak up a little bit? You'll have to wait and find out. Oh, okay. And different people feel differently about and different, different people things. Feel you yeah, might, you might love one of the ones that Ken thinks is crap more See, than I, Dream Warriors. I thought this was the one that we watched the trailer for. It's it not. is. Yep. This is what we watched the trailer for. Really? Yes. The trailer seemed so slapsticky and silly. That's just you not thinking that, <laughs> not knowing what a fuck nightmare was, and then thinking, ha, 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 yeah, Freddy's old jokes. Yeah, okay. It kind of is in this movie. But yeah. Um, we're going to move on to next episode. The way that we pick movies is that my co host alternate taking turns, picking for three choices I prepared. This week is Brody's pick. Oh, yeah, it is. If a movie remains unpicked three times, it's struck out, taken off the list, although I can bring it back a later date of my choosing. Still on the list with one strike each is. A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The mm. Dream Child. Child is the one that we watched the trailer for, hundred percent. No, we definitely saw. We definitely saw because um, there was a baby in it. Uh, maybe we, maybe we've seen two trailers. I think we have trailers. actually. So the Dream Child, it's a boy. That's right. Ooh, this one has contains extra footage not seen in Australian cinemas. Ooh, yeah. I think that was the one that was banned in Queensland. <laughs> we'll talk about it. And then Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. As a boy. He was always different. No one understood him. You ready for it, boy? It's time to take your medicine. Thank you, sir. No one could control him. 
Go inside, honey. But now, it's a new beginning. The beginning of the end for Freddy. Every town has an Elm Street. It's your mind will go for. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little soul, too. Oh, yeah. We're gonna have to hit him with everything we've got. Now I'm playing with power. We're in Twin Peaks here. It's gotta be me. And him. You want to live? Maggie, what's up? What's with kids today, huh? Freddy's dead. The final nightmare. Great graphics. They saved the best. For last. Or did they? Because there's another one. <laughs> and you on the list. Mm-hmm. I'm adding to the list. Not a movie. Uh, oh. <laughs> Kira knows what's happening. See, so you see, before Nightmare 5, Freddy was ready for primetime, bitch. Or more yeah. accurately, he was ready for late night television. I'm adding a TV show to the list. It's the first time I've ever done this. I'm adding Freddy's Nightmares, episode one, no more, Mr. Nice Guy. Fuck yeah. Jail couldn't hold him. This man cannot be allowed to walk free. And killing him was the worst thing they could do. I'll be back! Now, for the first time, see how Freddy Krueger became an unmitting legend. This night never ends. See how it all began and why the nightmares will never stop. You're dead! Big deal! On the next episode of Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Nightmares. Saturday night at 8 on 21 and only KTXA TV. What the fuck is this? Can I read some of it so I know what it is? I will break our holy rule <laughs> and let you read the back of this box. <clears throat> Freddy's Nightmares on Elm Street, the series. Dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when Freddy Krueger is acquitted on a, oh fuck me, when Freddy Krueger is acquitted on a technicality for the slaying of innocent children, an enraged mob led by the parents of the victims seeks revenge against the fedora donned razor glove janitor of the Springwood power plant. What the absolute fuck? This is the TV origin. adaptation origin of Freddy Krueger. It is the first episode of Freddy's Nightmares, which is an anthology horror show hosted by Freddy like the fucking Crypt Keeper that lasted for two seasons. But the first episode's about But the Freddy? first episode is is canon. I really... Why am I even fucking around? <laughs> we have to you do it in order. You 100% know what I'm going to pick. This yeah. is the fucking most bizarre thing that I've ever seen. Can I have one... 
Freddy's Nightmares, No More Mr. Nice Guy, please, Keen. You may. For the first time ever, I've allowed television to be picked. <laughs> so Not on count, a TV corner. Does this count as a TV corner? or It will be a hybrid TV corner. <laughs> it will probably be a shorter episode, I would imagine, than, than this nonsense. Yeah. Um, but it will be a TV. Uh, does it say how long the episode is? It's a, it's a, it was an hour, hour long. It's an hour long. Yeah. yeah. Running time, 92 minutes, but I don't for know. Both with, uh, for both episodes. So with TV commercials, it's, it's 45 An hour, 45 yeah. minute episode. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, don't like, don't subscribe, stay off the internet, go Do outside. Do all of those things. And please leave us a review so that Brody has to tell us a story. Yeah, yeah I'm been, waiting, we're, we're, like, we're four Nightmare movies deep and we've only had one Nightmare. nightmare. Exactly. <laughs> it's upsetting. <laughs> follow us at Weird Video on the things that you can follow us on. Yeah, do it. No, don't do it. Go yeah. outside. <laughs> I feel like I should add a new one, but I, I don't have a new one. Um, don't go to sleep. Yeah, good. <laughs> cool. And straight talk only in here. <laughs> What? That's the last movie. You did, you did it at the end of last. Out of the end of last. No, I just liked the quote and I couldn't think of one. <sighs> Guys, uh, how's that for a wet dream? Yeah, <laughs> and scene. scene.